Our new partner who I'm really, really excited to announce we are working with. Super, super stoked. Thank you, Angie Huberman, for this connect. It's incredible. Uh, AG1 Athletic Greens. I've been using them for a while. I have them every morning on an empty stomach. Basically, take one scoop and you put it into a uh, cup or glass or mug of eight ounces of cold water. And this is all your greens for the day. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Every day I take this, it's so good for my digestion, my energy. It's simple. It's easy. I don't like taking a lot of vitamins. This has been really, really helpful for me. I've had a lot of stomach issues my whole life, and ever since I've been gluten-free and taking the AG1s, it's really helped me in my stomach in the mornings. I love it, and I'm so psyched that they're part of the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm sure a lot of people don't like eating greens, let alone drinking your greens, but I can tell you straight up, it's got a mild tropical taste, and the taste is actually really refreshing, and I really look forward to it each morning. Don't, don't think it's just going to be just straight bland. Um, it tastes really, really good, um, and it's good for you, so remember that. This one blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible, just one scoop, especially for musicians who are vegans or just musicians in general who want to get those daily greens. You can get the packets. It's incredible. I just gave some to my friend Derek from Sepultura. He traveled the whole entire world this summer, and he had, he had those every single day. He said it saved him. I bring AG1s with me when I travel. It helps me stay healthy. You know the deal. If you're on tour and you are uh, a picky eater, but you need to have your greens, sometimes catering doesn't have greens. Sometimes you miss the catering. Sometimes you miss the backstage food. Sometimes it's too late after the show to go get food that you like. So if you just have a, a scoop of uh, AG1s in your hotel room before you go to bed or you're in the hotel room at night and you're starving and you want something healthy, boom, life changer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with some convenient daily nutrition. That's all you need. One scoop in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is it. I'm super psyched. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash OLLC. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash OLLC to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is incredible. I love it. It's just basic greens. For me personally, this has changed my life tremendously. I'm not a junk food vegan. I don't eat a lot of fake meat, so I'm strictly, strictly greens. And this has been a wonderful, wonderful new addition to my life. So once again, visit athleticgreens.com slash OLLC. And get one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athleticgreens.com slash OLOC. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. They have now blessed me with my own code. So if you go liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Hey, everybody. Just a heads up for this episode, we weren't going to release it. We've been working on this for months. There was a technical difficulty with Derek's microphone, but it's too good of an episode not to release with John Sally. Incredible conversation, incredible gems. This dude's a comedian. Chappelle's in here as well. It's a great combo. Just give me guys a heads up. 
Um, enjoy. Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. Today, I got my brother from another mother back with me next to me, Mr. Derek Green. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. <laughs> and then we got the legend in front of me, the first ever yeah. pro athlete, retired, but still incredible legend, Mr. Huh. John Sally. Thank you so much. I love that. For intro. being here. He's the first one ever to be yeah, here on my podcast. Really? And I know nothing about sports. Obviously, I learned so much about him from that Jordan documentary. Wow. We talked all about it. I didn't grow up into sports. I was this punk rock skateboarder. Sports weren't cool. But then I, I learned to love basketball from that documentary series. Oh, like, that's dope. It was incredible. I don't know anything about sports either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew if I, I had to do it, you know, it was part of the culture. <laughs> and, uh, you know. You don't get you don't get you don't get jumped by gangs when you're dribbling a basketball and you got the, you got the team jacket on. It's a fact right there. Did you play any other sports besides basketball though? Yeah, I played football first, and uh, my brother's a quarterback. My brother Ron was like in the last cut of the Baltimore Colts, and you know, I thought wow. we were moving to Long Island. It was like a scene from Raising in the Sun, man. <laughs> we ain't gotta go. What happened to my goat cart? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so I uh, um, I caught the ball one time. I did a button hook. My brother threw me the ball. I caught it. I turned, and this dude laid me out. I took my helmet off. You not man. You got to you, you a Sally man. I was like, it's cold. This is nasty. I'm out. <laughs> I took my helmet. Off. I had a Raider helmet. I was gone, and I I remember going. And I went into a gym and it was hot and girls were in there. <laughs> How old were you then? Six. Six. Wow. No, I, I made the decision at six. I was around, <laughs> I was around, I don't know, 11 or 12, you know, and that's when like, it's not peewee. You're playing with like all the teenagers. Uh, yeah. I was tall, then I could run and in New York, you gotta grow up fast. So mm -hmm. yeah, people were having sex at twelve. My be one of my best friends had his first kid at fifteen. Wow! So everything is done fast. And yeah, what part of Brooklyn was that? Canarsie. 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 Which is so different now, man. New York's so different now, man. Oh yeah. All yeah. those boroughs. Man. It's Flossy now. Now it's all Haitian. <laughs> it's called Flossy. What's up, Floss? You, you from Flossy? All them Haitians flossing maybe, off their stuff. Maybe East New York might be the same. Who, that might be the one spot. I don't yeah. know. You see, they just have a new show called East New York. A really? new crime show. Wow. Called East New York. Wow. Like NYPD. I was like, wow. That, yeah, go to the pink houses. <laughs> you wouldn't even really mention East New York living when we lived in New York. It was like, you don't even mention there. Like, you don't even. Even... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That I, was I a... wonder if you, did you used to go to Fat Farm back in the day? You go to Fat there? Farm? Yeah, he worked there. He was the security at the door in Soho. I was one of them. You don't need the front door. <laughs> but you worked the door too, though, didn't you? No. All right, whatever. My bad. <laughs> I worked at Nana Shoes. Oh, Eves, rest in peace, Eves. You want to know what's crazy about that statement? <laughs> I I literally brought that idea to Russell. Wow, here we go. Fat this farm? is crazy. I, and I, I, I talked to him all the time, and I say, Russell, I said, you remember when you dropped me from Fat Farm? He said, I never dropped. I didn't even have you involved. I said, dog, you have Malik Seeley, God rest his soul, making the ties. And I had this conversation with you and Diddy when we wanted to start Funky Flavor. And I said, Carl Kanai 
went to Kanashi with me, and I realized, yo, we should sell our own clothes. Like this is a f- huge conversation. Wow. Like why are we wearing everybody else's? Every every style we got, we should just make it our own. So on page six, they talk about how Russell had me involved with Fat Farm, and then the next thing you know, I was out. I didn't say nothing. I was like, wow. you know, I was happy that he said I was in, and I thought I was in, but I had been on this fashion thing. I don't know. I had my own sneaker in 1990. Wow. Called Osaga. And this this guy dating my daughter is a little older. He goes, I had your sneakers. They were heaviest sneaker ever in the world. <laughs> I said, you building your leg muscles while you playing, knucklehead. <laughs> Weighted sneakers. How old is your daughter? Um, I'm not allowed to say. But, okay, okay. But um, one was born in the 80s. One was born in the 90s. Okay. One was born in 2000s. All right. So in the 80s, that's the guy you dating. Definitely had your shoe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That doesn't make me feel any better, Toby, but <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> so you're going to take it away because I want to know some family, like what, what was going on when you were growing up, like brothers, sisters. Two siblings. Two siblings. Yeah, I think so, right? No? No, so I'm the youngest of four boys. Oh, wow, four okay. Boys. Yeah. And, um, and where were you in the- I'm, I'm the youngest. youngest. I'm youngest, the baby, right? yeah. Well. Me too. Yeah. Um, that means I- by the time my, my parents had me, and they were 41 years old. Right. And any of us realize now, having a kid at 41, you're yeah. like, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say white women can't do that. After that 40? True? They start, they, that's why they start rushing y'all. <laughs> Come on, give me the ring. My mother's about to die. Give me the ring. She has to see me get married. Yeah, my mom had me super young, man. Probably yeah. 17. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had three boys, yeah. Yeah, I'm the youngest. My brothers all play football. They're all shorter. I'm sure <laughs> I had toxic waste. I'm sure I was <laughs> on some landmine, made me grow this tall. <laughs> <laughs> Not even understanding it. Drinking the water in New York. Oh, yeah. You know. It's supposed to be the best water on the earth, though. Yeah, yeah. Still. I believe it. I don't. Yeah? I don't, don't believe it. No. <laughs> I think I think the bagel, but because there's a guy right here on La Brea and Melrose, he makes a pizza called Esco, E S C O, cat from from uh, from New York, Mm. and I thought it was the water in the crust. It's crust is New York. I'm telling you, to the point where when I left the concert last night, I only left early because I knew Esco's was closing. Wow! And I went, and my my daughter was like, and he had vegan cheese. But I, I'm looking at his pizza. I go, dog, this looks like Ray's pizza in 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 New York. He goes, yeah. And I go, not no disrespect. I said, but this really looks like New York pizza. Then I tasted the crust. I told my daughter, you keep the cheese. Just give me the crust. Wow. Yeah. It's, so got to check it. Yeah. Esco. He's they were saying no that joke. Mulberry Street would like import the water from New York. I don't know if that's true. No. Mulberry Street pizza. He's a liar. He's, like, how do you even do that, man? He probably spits in it. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, you can get flour from France, and that's different. Yeah, yeah. that's a different thing. But, yeah, Mulberry makes a good pizza, too. But this kid Esco is a New York pizza. If you're in Los Angeles, I'm telling you. It's that's across the street. Know, yeah. yeah. It's just below Melrose on La Brea, across the street from Mr. Charlie's. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's hard to find good vegan pizza, man, yeah, with the good cheese, hard. too. Like, I'm super over the diet cheese. I know there's a bunch of different ones now, but, like. See, why are you mentioning brands, man? <laughs> 
He was saying before the pod, he doesn't only gets paid dementia bands. Right? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not it. saying anything good about it. I'm just saying like I know there's better ones out there. Right. <laughs> you know they changed their recipe though. They did. Yeah. yeah they they did. changed their recipe. So I was involved with uh, bringing Violife into this country from Greece. I didn't get paid. Like that for brand. It. Yeah, I didn't get paid right. Well, but, you uh, mentioned him though. Okay, okay. Yeah, but that's cool because I I like him. <laughs> and then the best cheese was um, was called uh, Daly's when they started uh, Dandies. Dandies marshmallows. Yeah, those I love guys that. Out of Chicago, Chicago, right? Yes. Yeah, they used to have a good cheese. But they saw it wasn't going to be the future, so they knew there was no competition in marshmallows. And I thought, wow, that's dope. I love the marshmallows. Uh, but then Follow Your Heart has a really good cheese. Oh, geez, Out of New York, there's a guy has called No Moo, and he no makes Moo? a mozzarella that's no joke. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I, I, I was you know, going to open up a pizza parlor for about, I don't know, 30 years now. You were. <laughs> I tell people, if I had a joint, that only had hamburgers, cheeseburgers, frankfurters, mm. brats, and pizza, I would rule the vegan world. And like, well, there's nothing healthier. I said, no animal died. Right. I'm out of it that way. Yeah. I'm not, uh, you know what? Everyone knows you're supposed to eat fruits and vegetables, drink water, set, uh, seeds, nuts, and legumes. That'll keep you healthy. Yes. Right? Not my place. We know that. Yeah, we know that. So I don't have to sit around and contemplate. But do you want some stuff that's that's not good for you, but also doesn't kill animals? Yeah. That's how you get it. Do you go heavy on the fake stuff? No, I was I was a shareholder of Beyond Meat since 2009, I think it was. Um, might even be 11. I'm going to think nine. And then I was there when we rang the bell, um, the New York Stock Exchange, when they went public. Oh, man. Um, out of those, all the fake meats, that one is the better one. There's no soy. I agree. Um, is the gluten free? Yep. Um, the rest of the stuff your body can recognize, but you should be flushing your body weekly, monthly, anyway. Hundred percent, man. Yeah, you wash your car every week. Yeah, it's a great, it's <laughs> a great inside point. and out. So it's yeah. a great point. Ever since, ever since I stopped eating them, I just me personally, it's not for me. That makes me. But but I can definitely do the beyond the gluten free and the mm-hmm. yeah it's way free. No no no, it's a treat. It's a treat. Yeah. Those but are great glasses. Thank you. Who's are those? This is Caddis, and I am paid to say their name. Caddis. Caddis Eyewear. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, the chair that you gave me are incredible. Thank you. I dropped my own glasses two weeks ago. Camouflage ones. This brand, they're awesome. Really? Yeah. What is? How do you spell it? Caddis. C a d d i s. Dot com. Yeah, independent out here. Mm-hmm. I just taught you how to do an integrated Thank commercial. You. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> do you wear glasses? <laughs> do I wear glasses? <laughs> You're supposed to be wearing glasses? No. I, uh, so I had... Oh, you wear glasses. I have a Ryan Simkai eye shot, right? So mm-hmm. I only need them for uh, like reading. Oh, those are sick. Yeah. Those are nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I only do cool shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Like, if it ain't cool, I ain't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, for you growing up, were, were you, um, was there a lot of meat in your diet growing up? And were you... Yeah, my mother was a kosher caterer. Wow. So, in Brooklyn. So, we, she worked at Grabstein's, and then we would go out and do Seder dinners on Friday nights in, in Long Island. 
uh, and she also was a housekeeper. So some of the families she would work for throughout, and I would one help her clean up. I tell people I learned a lot. I, I would being a black cat in America, growing up, born in the '60s, growing up in the '70s. That's the way I call it. I, I had a different twist. We cleaned the houses of Long Island. When I would finish, and my moms would say, "I right, did you vacuum all the rooms and do all the stuff? Yeah. She goes, you can go swimming because they're not going to be back for about four hours. Right. And so I'd be skinny dipping in these pools out in Manhasset. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And it's just me out there floating on my back and going, this is going to be my life one day. I'm going to have a pool and a big house and somebody else cleaning it. And I, and I literally manifested that. Wow. That's that. It was a trip. I used to tell my mom, I lived in uh, Bayview houses, and I was on the roof, and she heard me kept being we on the eighth floor, and she came up. She, what are you doing? I said, Oh, this is my penthouse, and she was like, This your penthouse? I go, Yeah, you know, over there is, but I'm on top of the building, so the whole roof is my penthouse. Yeah. So I'm telling her where my bedroom would be, where the kitchen would be. And she's like, all right, this kid is crazy. She goes, you know, on a clear day, you can see Coney Island. And then I pointed to Manhattan. I said, on a clear day, you can see uh, Beverly Hills. And she said, no, no, you mean Manhattan. I said, no, my you got to look past Manhattan. Wow. wow, man. So I get this house. I'm in Beverly Hills. It's 33-foot glass this overlooking the valley. And she's standing there. And I go, it's a great view, huh? She goes, you, you, you made it. And I go... What like I'm about to retire? Mm-hmm. I go, ma. Like I got an MBA like six, fifteen years ago. She goes, no, no. You talked about that basketball stuff, but you only talked about being in Beverly Hills, and this was going to be extensive, and you were going to. And I sat there and I was like, I don't remember that. She goes, yeah. Wow. She goes, I can tell you, we was on, we was on a uh, roof, and I kept thinking, if this kid jumps off this roof if this kid falls off this roof i don't know what you're doing up here i just hear you <laughs> stepping i'm like oh <laughs> no nah, i'm not doing nothing crazy i'm not getting even close to the edge i don't even like heights i'm just showing you how i can see it so yeah i grew up um and then my my brothers are like uh one is 22 years older than me one is 12 years older than me one is five years older than me so i kind of grew up only child right you know what I'm saying? Since 14, I had to I had the room by myself, so wow. it was that's the way we look at it. <laughs> and were you playing in school? Were you a good student? Oh yeah, um, I was raised a Jehovah Witness, so I had to read young and I had to be a stand up citizen, even though my crew was thuggish. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, when you got robbed, I counted the money because they knew I was honest. <laughs> I was the one that took the chain into the pawn shop um, after we <laughs> got snatched. Deal. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I had, I, I was, I, I love to read, and I'm uh, thirsty for all kind of knowledge, and I love surprising people. Mm. Um, everybody else had a chip on their shoulder. We got to be ten times better. I just wanted to be better than everybody. So, and uh, that doesn't make any sense the way I am now. But it was this constant thing it was almost like did you see finding forrester yeah when, yeah, I know when, the name. yeah yeah with uh sean connery and the black kid when he was like this unbelievable well-read 
uh, writer. I do remember this. And yeah. they were right. I that's exactly how I used to love my life. I used to want to be like, you know, if you mentioned something, I could tell you where it was, who wrote it, stop biting, kind of like Goodwill Hunting, the favorite movies. So I always look at my life like Slumdog Millionaire. Mm-hmm. The, the chances of me being in front of you was Slim and None and Slim Left Town. Like gotcha. half my crew died before they were 25. Wow. My best friend got murdered when I was sophomore in college from people around. Like the same senseless stuff that's going on now. Yeah. Like that's why, I, and I'm going to say um, we don't have any emotion to it uh, and because it's been happening forever. It's like, for me, the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. Like these rappers dying like this, I've never not seen it that way. Right. I've always known it to be exactly Big L, yeah. Scott LaRock, Freaky Ty. Uh, <laughs> I Jam keep Master going J. down the line. Damn, yeah. I keep going down the line on how it's like, you know, <clears throat> it's the same thought process, same, same thing that was in a movie. Because I'm gonna hit you with this is how I even connected. The movie Carmen with Dorothy Dantrich and uh, Harry Belafonte. Wow, it's old one. Right? So it's 1951. It's an all black cast musical. And the situation was a female, two guys got in an argument. One guy kills the other guy, and then he's on the run. So you perpetuated that from mm-hmm. the beginning. So in the 50s, 55, I'm sorry, in the 50s, when they finally see us and we finally get this big thing, we're still doing negative things. Still not a positive thought process. So they start talking about the images now and I bring up the images then. It was always that. It was always, even in in the Mac and and Superfly when they supposed to be turning a good leaf. Well, they had to do that out of the mix they was in. Another way of looking at it. Yeah. But you seem like you were the bunch of kids who were wilding out. You kind of wilded out a little bit too, but you're also focused on reading and yeah. Educating and just going further and had like a vision, you know, at a yeah. young age. Yeah, I, I watched, I told my mom it was her fault. I watched uh, uh, Animal Kingdom, Mutual of Omaha. It came on after <laughs> Disney on Sundays, right? I remember that too. Yeah, you remember that? So, <laughs> I, one, I didn't know where Omaha was. I didn't know what Mutual <laughs> of Omaha was, but they sponsored the whole show. So, shout out to Mutual of Omaha in case you're still sponsoring shows. Uh, I got the John Sally Block Party.com. Check it. Was that like insurance? Yeah. yeah, 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 and I I wanted to travel the world, and she was like, "Oh my God, you know, take those planes and go to all those places." Uh, man, I try to go to as many places. I tell you, if I could shrink down to like five eleven, and then when there's trouble, go back up to seven foot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I was able to stretch out, be like back up, I would. It'd be. Cause they can fit in a Porsche. I can't fit in a Porsche. Like I can, I can, get, I can buy two Porsches and use them as shoes. Like you know what I'm saying? I, I can't fit in, into uh, sports cars. That's my other dilemma. <laughs> what, what was your first sports car you bought? Hmm. And how old were you? First sports car. I'm gonna say. Well, I'm gonna. Uh, so I bought a Porsche that was a tip trotic, and I had it reconfigured to look like a 959 by the worst people you can possibly ever get a car done by. <laughs> no shout out to them. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. But it, I was down in Miami and you know, it, it got robbed like twice and the cops saved it both times. Damn. 
they would see it on a flatbed. The cop pull them over. Um, why do you got this car? Oh, it was parked illegally. They were like, that's Sally's car. <laughs> Like I, he he literally literally got two dudes robbing my car with flatbeds. Wow! They robbed my Range Rover in Miami. They took the gate off the off the uh, track, moved the gate, and slid the car out. What? And I called my man. I said, "Yo, man, somebody robbed my car. Where you at? I'm in Coconut Grove." He said, "Where was the car?" I said, "In my driveway." He said, "Damn, Sal. All right, it's on the it's on the uh, it's on the um." on the dock they were about to take it and put it in a container oh my wow. and he was like as soon as he told me where they stole it from he was like yeah it's on the dock he said no no broken glass nothing they were just going to redo the key sell it in south america or yeah. wherever else they can get it damn yeah how did we get to all the way to that part i don't know <laughs> probably i was diverting a question your first sports car that's crazy yeah so i got that was that was terrible well, he's just saying, like, he was just focusing there. His, his friends getting in trouble. He was right. staying out of so trouble. you got out of high school. Were you, did, did you have in your mind, like, okay, I'm going to college? Like, what, I mean, you were playing It was Georgia Tech, right? Yeah, I was a McDonald. I was um, not a McDonald All-American. They made huge mistakes that year. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't I have to say a McDonald All-American. I'm so blessed that's not on my resume. <laughs> McDonald's trash. <laughs> Uh, but that was supposed to be the best players in the country, and mm. I was in the best players in New York City, and I didn't make it. So I don't really, I don't really care about them. Who introduced basketball to you? Was there one person, or is it just? Yeah, it was a, it was a guy. I went to high school. I mean, elementary school. His name was Eric Jones, and uh, he had a great afro, but it started in the middle of his head. Um, <laughs> it was great. It looked like, like he had a. <laughs> I was like, you know, now that I look back at dog, you got way more forehead than necessary for anyone. Hope like, he's not you got more forehead than a bald-headed guy. He's a, he's a big subscriber to the pod. Yeah. <laughs> but Eric Jones's dad had the greatest afro, and he had pork chop sideburns and a Sex. goatee. Oh. And he was like, man, basketball players, they got the best clothes. They got the money, the, the, the coolest cars. And all the women, look, all the women love. They, they be inside wearing close. I remember like him talking to me and me turning back and said, and they get paid to do that? And he was like, they make the most money. I said, say less. <laughs> say less. And I was out there shooting. And then, you know, in high school, I made 50, when I was 15, going into my junior year, I didn't miss a day of playing basketball. Wow. My 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 arches fell, so I was damn near crippled. My back was bad. I was growing fast. Uh, my mom was stuffing my feet in the bad shoes because she couldn't believe I was growing too fast. And then um, I just played every day. And it was this great guy saw me out there. His name is Bonnie Davis. He's still alive. He's wow. going through some cancer treatments now. Um, Bonnie Davis said, if you're going to be good, I got to teach you fundamentals. And he said, you're right-handed. So he started me on my left-hand layup because wow. he said most right-hand guys don't use their left hand. So I learned to play left-handed, okay. knowing how to play right-handed, knowing that right-handed players didn't guard left-handed players well. And there's a move you see now, like you see a guy go left and then lean back to the basket with his right hand. That would 
I I would take off and dunk that way because I knew sure. I can beat you going left, and I can jump before you can jump. And it's hard to jump when you're right-handed. Okay. With your right leg moving. Got you. Okay. I know it sounds crazy, but yeah. If you ever see, I I dunked on a lot of people because I knew they couldn't go left. <clears throat> okay. So Bonnie Davis, and then. Um, my boy Ted Gustis, who just sent me today, we talk about breathing, one breath, um, Dipmas All-Stars. He wound up becoming vegan. He and uh, the mayor of New York, the mayor of New York, he and I would, did a, a, something in New York, in Brooklyn, and he was the Brooklyn Borough Chan- um, president. Then he became the mayor of New York. He's still vegan. It's awesome. My man. Uh, and then my boy Arnie Hershkowitz. Uh, so me and my boy Sam, one, he taught us how to hustle too. So we <laughs> we were runners with him. He would take us to the uh, racetrack and we would run back placing people's bets and they would tip us. Okay. And then we would go to the Nick game and he would convince them to let me in. These two kids from the inner city, they're never going to see a Nick game. We'll stay up in the rafters to leave us alone. And by the time the game was in the fourth quarter, I'm sitting behind the Nick bench. Wow. And that was it and I, I remember i remember i saw i told my brother i was i don't know uh, my brother was a senior in high school and albert king had come in and this dude came in with a leisure suit remember leisure suits mm-hmm. had a jean leisure suit on and he had this huge box it's jvc box and i'm thinking oh they're gonna rob this cat he don't even look like he can fight <laughs> What is he about? Oh, I'm about to watch him get robbed. And these thugs walked in. I mean, at least I'm going to say nine wow. to 12 deep. And they walked up to him. He was on me, handed him a box. And uh, he grabbed his bag. He pounded them all. That was his crew from Coney Island. Wow. So everywhere he went to play, Albert King, who's Bernard King's brother, also played for the Nets. It was amazing. He dropped 50 on Canarsie. Wow. And uh, I remember my brother had our cheerleaders were cheering for him. When he came out, he came out, did rockabye, and dunked it, and the refs did nothing. You weren't allowed to dunk on a layup line. He said not a word. And I watched him give Damn. my brother's squad 50. And I was like, I'm going to be a pro. Wow. I want to wow, only do what he did. <laughs> But you know, you guys are music guys, and I was huge into music. I couldn't play instrument, but I could tell you if you were in key, out of key. Mm. To this day, like I got an artist now, Veda Veli. She's dope. And when she's doing the things, she's out of key. She goes, no, I just want to give you the breakdown. I said, give me the breakdown in the right note, in the right key. Yeah. Right. Like, don't be lazy. Like, you, you can't be lazy. On, what, if, what if all of a sudden the music goes up? Yeah. What if your mic goes up and we in a small place? You got to sing. You got to act like you're yeah. acting on Broadway. 100%. We don't have time for you to go, uh, uh, my throat is hurting. You know, I had a little cold this week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you never tried to play instruments and stuff like that? Or? I did, man. I tried to learn languages and um, that didn't work well. So I put my kids in school so they speak a couple of languages. And then I tried to learn an instrument. It was a clarinet. It was oh. a saxophone. Um, then I had a piano in my house my whole life, and we took lessons. And they loved my hands, and they were like, oh, yeah. big as your hands. Yeah. Yeah, but you have to, you have to, I couldn't, 
I couldn't sit still to focus on 88 keys. And I, I mean, I went every, I loved going to piano lessons. I just could not. I bought it. I bought, I still, probably still got a keyboard in my house. I bought a keyboard. <laughs> I've been on YouTube. I've, <laughs> I've, I've had girls sitting there trying to show me. It just, it just doesn't sing. But I, I know music though. Yeah, what about singing? No singing? Yeah, I sang. I can sing. Uh, everybody can sing if you know how to control your instrument. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, I'm not a lead singer like you, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, Toby. What about, Toby have to show What about, up. like, rhyming and stuff like that? Nothing yeah, like that. I was an MC, MC Johnny T and the Mass Production Crew. That was another What? <laughs> yeah, that was. What that year? Was, uh, I literally, 1980 to 1982. So my, my DJ was DJ Tommy Allen, who passed two years ago. He, uh, two or three years ago, he was a, a DJ on WBLS in New York, right? Yeah, I know that, yeah. Still making tapes. He said something that made me not talk to him anymore. He said, man, I had last tape of you rhyming, but I had to, I had to tape something for work, so I had to tape over it, and he just looked at me. I, I, one, he knew that was some dumb thing to say. Yeah. To me. Two, he said it because he probably was pissed at something. Mm. But, uh, so there's no recordings out there of you? No, but like literally I had all my comic books. This is a trip. I had these comic books that I knew that I've been collecting since I was in second grade. And on top of that was my rhyme book. And every house I moved to, the first thing I would grab was that. So when I was, I'd come down and they had robbed my Range Rover and I was leaving that place, I couldn't find my, my comic books. And I still to this day can't find my, which was my rhyme book was inside of it. Damn. And I have... Damn, sound like I'm bragging. I have a photographic memory. So uh, if you say something, if I watch you say it, I remember everything you said. So when I hear lyrics, I know every lyric. Wow. It's man. crazy, right? So it's crazy. I watch this guy who hits me on, his name is Dr. Um, Timmy Hall now, but Timmy Hall was a, was a rhymer, was an MC in, in the Bronx, and my brother had taken me to see him. And it was Timmy Hall and Johnny G. And I DJ Johnny G and I watched Timmy and I listened to every lyric and when I got in the car, my asked my brother, I wrote down every rhyme. Wow. He was like, What are you doing? I said, Shit, I'm using this shit at home. Like they ain't never heard no shit like this in our project. And I'm like and he was like, You can't do that. That's that's his I said <laughs> I can use words. Yeah. I said I can reset So I learned with his cadence, I learned how to rhyme. Wow. And that was it. And I had a record label in Detroit, Bam, By All Means Music. My first sign was Jay Dilla. No way. Yeah, wow. Slum Village was my first sign. Then Tony Rich, which got the Oscar for Best New Artist, I mean, uh, Grammy, Best New Artist, 1996, Tony Rich Project. Mm -hmm. And then I signed Paul Rosenberg, who was Eminem. His manager. Law, law, manager and lawyer. And, I, and he was Paul Bunyan. I had like wow. seven wow. groups out of Detroit. And I said, this is what I know people don't know music. We in Detroit, and no one's gonna start a record label in Detroit. Like the reason y'all yeah. are even listening to music is because it came from Detroit. Mm -hmm. Like I don't. You can talk about anything before that. Motown set the tone yeah. for us. So I remember I went to this party one time. They, oh, John Sally from the Pistons in here, and this guy was sitting there and he was singing, and he was going around handing people the mic, and people were killing it. And I said. Uh, is that his crew or something? He goes, no. Like, people just could sing. <laughs> I was like, oh. so, like, that's why Motown was Motown. You can go there and there's going to be a line of 10 people outside 
hey, let me show you I can do this. And yeah. so I, I knew that the city still had a had the residue of talent, man. And I don't know why people didn't just like pick up on it. Like I saw Big Sean the other day. Big Sean is a product of that Motownness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lupe Fiasco lives in Detroit. Right. Like uh, I'm telling you, man. Eminem, just a, that whole crew. Marv One. Um, I love battle rap, and when my first battle rap I saw was was in Detroit. St. Andrews, the same kind of place. Yeah, yeah. but it was played there many times. You did too, yeah. probably. Yeah, St. Andrews Hall is classic. Yeah. Wow, even Kid Rock's from there. Yeah, yeah. and Kid Rap was a rapper. I know, man. Rhyme Syndicate, right? He kind yeah. of and then it was like down. this: this ain't gonna make it. No, he Post Malone. Post Malone just realized the same thing. Uh, so did Bag Bunny. MGK too. Yep. Dude, Bad Bunny had like one of the biggest concerts the other day. I heard Bad Bunny's. Who did? Who went to your high school? Oh, he did? Yeah. I didn't know that. He flipped everything straight to like pop punk. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, that was you, interesting. You listen to Big Bunny, uh, Bad Bunny drinking white wine right now. Like, it ain't, it ain't that old. Da 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 da. He was like, that. <laughs> I'm going to kill my career killing people. Let me think about it. Let me change up on this situation. I'm a hybrid. I'm going to drink the shit out of my life. <laughs> Drake is a hybrid man. He's a he's a hip hop and R and B singer. He's incredible. I mean, the, I like the last record. I like the dance record. I liked it was in a dance genre, not hip hop genre. I liked that he did that, and he and he can do that. He doesn't give a shit. Nope. You know what I mean? Beyonce like, did it, and they were like, "Oh, this is the greatest." Yeah. Yeah. Do you keep up on new hip hop and stuff too? Yeah, man. I I I went down and met um, NLE Chopper. I saw him next time. Yeah. And the reason I the reason I met him because he went vegan. I heard about that. That's cool. Right. And. and and when he got off, imagine a rapper saying, yo, I had to wean myself off a of lean and I cleaned myself by eating this diet. Hey, I had to break up with this girl because I didn't have good intent. Like this dude, wow. no matter what he's rapping about, he knows if he don't rap about that stuff, you know, he's not going to make a living. But he'll change soon. With those body changes, you can't continue to do, you know, godless music. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I saw Kevin Hart open up a new spot out here. Yeah, Hot House. I haven't been to it yet. Yeah, me either. I, I just love seeing that. And also with uh, uh, our friend, uh, Badass Vegan, too, with the Trying to Kill Us, that documentary, too, is beautiful. Yeah, yeah I'm in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. Just like, just, yeah. Also, Dupree's in, in the, been in the vegan for Yeah, a I, was, I was in Game Changers, too. He kicked me out, though, because, well, you know, he asked me there? to borrow some dough. I was like, dog, I'm barely paying for these private schools. You want me to pay for a documentary? So... <laughs> Uh, and what what was it that made you go vegan? When when was when was that going vegan for you? Nineteen ninety one. Wow. I had a wow. Yeah. yeah. Like close was, to us, man. Yeah. When it was styrofoam and barbecue sauce. Brutal. It was uh, brutal back then. It was microbiotic. Was the only way to eat, and yeah. you, you had to smell like you don't use deodorant to eat the food. <laughs> <laughs> the doc, Dr. Browner's soap. Yeah. That's what they call it back then, right? I guess. Like the healthiest way to eat vegan back then, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, cool. he would come over and I'd be like, you're not going to have any of this food that we just made? He's yeah. like, oh, I'm good. I got my own. Yeah. The, the, the Falafels. Thing, yeah. I like girls who, um, you know, like oxtail and uh, mangoes because they're really good at sucking the um, juice out of the bone. And <laughs> good, good practice. So. <laughs> So in Jamaica, not joking. 
I see a girl with oxtail, or the oxtail, I just watch, and I go, oh, poor ox, but man, lady. If you... But what, what was it that made you want to go vegan? Was it for the animals or for, was it for health? I uh, had high cholesterol, mm. and they told me uh, that they were going to have to put me on a, a pill that side effects was impotence. Dang. Yeah. So when people have high cholesterol, they put them on, I'm not going to say the name of the company because they're not paying me. Exactly. And they wouldn't want me to mention them. But just understand, if you have to take a pharmaceutical for a so-called dis-ease in your body, you're aiding and abetting that dis-ease. And it's going to add dis-ease other places. So when the system is blocked, the system is blocked. And the lady told me, the first thing is, you're full of sugar honey iced tea. Uh, and I got a colonic uh, from like a 72-year-old woman that looked 40. Wow. And um, and I couldn't believe I was releasing so much. And I used to have you know, lower back pain. I found out that that's all that is, is you're full of sugar honey iced tea. Wow. And so when I found out how my body worked, you know, and I used to think I wanted to be a doctor. And then when I finally found out how my body was working and the only way to heal your body is you the only person that can heal your body. And so when you aid in a better murder, then you're a part of the murder. So I stopped eating anything that was murdered. Amazing, man. And then I became, a, I was a lion vegetarian though. So the ones that eat fish and shrimp and turkey, I was one of those. Okay. Um, because I still wanted to fish. So I had to give myself a reason to still uh, murder fish. I mean, be a fit, go fishing. Um. <laughs> you those braggaminas. What, what are they saying? You, need, you have to have fish because it has this one thing in it. That yeah. was the main thing. Yeah, yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> we got to take the life it out so of it. Only getting fish was yeah. amino. I forgot what it was, but it, whatever. I remember hearing Yeah, it was fish oil. It, was, it obviously yeah. is only for the fish. You know, fish are 100% parasitic, too. Like, the whole fish is a parasite. Damn. Yeah, so I know that. Yeah, that's why you can smell it on people because it's a parasite, you know, breeding. So I know it's nasty. So then <laughs> I uh, was a lion vegetarian, and then um, I got on a radio, and these uh, Israelites um, came up to me and they were, said, "We're gonna, you know, we're gonna bring you some food. You know, check out our food." And they brought up this beautiful vegan food. And they were like, you can't be having grits and eggs and talking about you're a vegetarian, you know? Eggs are the menstrual cycle of a chicken. What? He goes, if it ain't a chick, then it's period blood. Ended it right there. And I knew I shouldn't have eggs because of the cholesterol situation. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so then in 2006, I did a PSA with PETA. Yep. I was as vegetarian. And then I tasted this food that they had waiting on me when we finished the PSA and introduced me to Dave Anderson, who used to own Madeline's Bistro. I remember that spot, yeah. Yeah, so he was also an integral part in Beyond Meat. Gotcha. And then he and Tao, Tao who owns Crossroads. Shout out to Tao. He used to work there. and, And Dave is the most unbelievable food scientist, chef I've ever been around. So I was like, why would I? If I, I, I at forty, I decided never to lie again. So at fifty, when I stopped lying, um, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a comedian too, man. Yeah, I had a <laughs> conversation with my wife, and um, she didn't talk to me. I talked for like three hours. 
She didn't talk to me for like three days. Really? Yeah. So what would you do? I said, I would leave me. And she was like, now that you're lying, you're still putting it down, still making money. You think I'm going to leave you for some other broad to get this perfectness? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, it's, been a, it's been a journey. But Yeah, is your, is your wife vegan too? Yeah, everybody in the house awesome. eats a vegan diet, even my dog. So I have an Akita, and his name is, you can check him on Instagram, Neo, the vegan dog. And uh, I feed him V-Dog v and a couple of other um, plant-based and this trip, my last one, I, I did that too, and everybody thought I was being cruel. Uh, a dog that usually only lives 11 years stayed alive 17. Wow. Big dog too. Wow. Until it got hip problems. But, you know, like I'm looking, like you see your dog over here? Because she loves me more than she loves you. <laughs> <laughs> are your kids vegan too now? Yeah, two wow. of them. It's awesome. Two of them are. I have four of them, but two of them are. Uh, the other two will figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how the world's changing now with people being more aware of the connection to the environment and what they eat, you know? And they're going, they're going broke. Mm. I don't understand why vegan food, that's the thing I don't like, why vegan food is more expensive. I just yeah. think it's a sham. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and, and I thought that, and then I talked to, uh, I was blessed enough to know Howard Schultz from birth, who owns Starbucks, and then I did in a gig with him last November. And I asked, I said, why do you charge more for oat milk and almond? Mm. And he said, the suppliers charge me more to have it. Gotcha. The because they it. can charge it more because they know people are going to ask for it and he has to have it. So he doesn't have to charge them milk prices. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's a problem. I was going to get in the game, but then I thought, well, I said, I have a headache. Yeah. I make my own milk anyway. And, why, and uh, is Cafe Organics, is that in San Bernardino area? Uh, San Bernardino, yeah. I, I no why, longer, why that area? Yeah, I was curious. Well, these, uh, my two partners, they had uh, a CBD store and a juice store there, and then they wanted to open this cafe. And then they said, just come check it out. And the address was 420 East Hospitality Lane. That's perfect. So <laughs> it's San Bernardino. This is the most gangster county we got. So uh, <laughs> pretty soon when they have cannabis cafes, I thought I'd be ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm no longer associated. It, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll oh, that's Yeah, our views are gone. And then I was working with the guy at Planet Health Compton. Yeah, I was gonna ask you that. But I'm no longer uh, involved in that either. Um, I, this is what I want. I want a burger. I want cheeseburger, 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 chip. That's what I want, <laughs> damn it. I want it to be like, sign that live. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And then Mr. Charlie's open. I was going to ask you, but that, that was a pop-up that went viral like on TikTok, yes. and yeah. now it's still there. It's yeah. Still there. Yeah, my wife loves yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So it's incredible. Yeah. Only problem, they serve uh, Impossible Burgers, and I don't like that. Hey, you got a, a, a burglar coming in. Who is it? Oh, is my it? God. <laughs> 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 it's Chappelle Lacey. Is that Chappelle? <laughs> Ill up-and-coming comedian, man. Crushing yeah, it, dude. Criminal. 99.9% vegan, too, thanks to us. And his pops is vegan too. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is something. So you wanted to be an actor originally, right? Kind of. Yeah. I always wanted to act. I did stand up for a while because I love Richard Pryor and I worked yeah. on the timing. But then I, uh, I just wanted to act, and I knew too. My mom used to always laugh. I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna be on the stage." Was this uh, in high school? Or 
Yeah, I did plays in junior high school and yeah. that kind of stuff, but I I wanted to be an actor, but you know, um, did, I just <laughs> the shot didn't happen until it happened. Did you go ahead? No, no, go. I was say, did you really get paid seven hundred dollars to be in Bad Boys? Four hundred and seventy dollars. Wow! And yeah. you had to pay it pretty much to your SAG wages. You owed money. Yeah, yeah. It, I didn't. I didn't even know. I still owed money. <laughs> What's up, man? I thought it was a criminal. So I said, "Bro," <laughs> I said, "Man, there's a real live bro, man, right there." <laughs> <laughs> and that was Michael Bay's first movie, and he had already shot you in a Nike commercial, right? Or yeah, something. Yeah, he he hosted cool. my Nike commercial. Uh, it was dope. And it was funny when he was doing a commercial. He was crazy. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> we were riding. Uh, it was a cross-training commercial. And he literally had me in his cross-training outfit and had me riding a bike. And he goes, and they was, you know, they were going to spit to me. He goes, no, no, I want the real sweat. Right. What? <laughs> I just got my hair cut. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he literally had me riding up and down the L.A. River. And wow. following me with the what you call it. and the reaction in the commercial is it gets to a point, my man, and I say something and I throw the bike down and I walk off set and that was the shot. Nice. Wow. That's how he is. He was like, right. I'm gonna get what I want. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some real sweat, real anger. So <laughs> yeah, I those bad boys was his first movie. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And he was yelling then too. And I got on set. <laughs> he made all of that stuff up as we were yeah, walking. Your character, to set. Right, yeah. yeah. The look of it. Computer the, nerd, yeah. What I was going to do, and he said, I know how I'm going to shoot this. I'm going to start here, and then I'm going to get to the point where I'm shooting down at Martin. He said, so I want a slow reveal of you standing up. And then he had to catch Martin's head going up like that. And Will, and we all had to fit in the frame. So Will is hella close to me on the back, like people trying to calm him down. <laughs> it was it was an unbelievable learning experience. Yeah, is it true when they asked you to do Bad Boys too? They asked you how much you got paid originally. You said twenty grand or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jerry, amazing. How much did we pay you the first time? I said I think you paid me twenty thousand. He said, "Well, we're gonna give you twenty thousand again. Right. How about that?" Like, <laughs> Negro, we know how much we paid you. We barely paid you. Bad Boys was huge too, right? The first, yeah. yeah. Even yeah. the Bad Boys two is pretty huge, right? Yeah. Bad Boys three, I wasn't in it. Too bad for them. Do you still keep in touch with Martin Lawrence? Yeah, I, I text Martin often. Incredible, he's incredible, man. Yeah, and then uh, I talk, I text Will all the time. Yeah, man, Martin. Lawrence, what were you gonna say? No, no, I, I, I wanted to go back. Go ahead. Like, uh, after high school and, and, and going to university, you know, and university. Oh, I graduated Georgia. from Georgia Tech. Georgia okay. Tech, son. No, I'm just Yeah, I just always have to let everybody know, you know. Right. 1986 graduated. draft pick. 1986 draft pick there. Yeah, uh, 1986 number. Like, I I I went to school year round, so yeah, the Georgia Tech is on a quarter system, and then people were going home for the summer. Now, I go to New York for the summer. You know, <laughs> I might not come back. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. We're, we're falling. We're, we're dying like flies. So, and Atlanta was. I had no I had nobody tell me what to do, so I went to school, and I thought it was. You know, what am I going to do home in the summer, right? I might as well go to class. I'm going to go to the gym. There's not a lot of people on campus. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had to fend for myself. So the, the um, the um, what do you call that, uh, cafeteria for athletes is closed when there's mm -hmm. no football. Mm -hmm. Only opens when there's football. So all the rest of you athletes, 
eat cake. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. So I went to Georgia Tech Room, and I I could have graduated that summer when I got drafted, but uh, you know, NBA felt they didn't pay me to go to school. Right, right. Um, so I didn't like that attitude. So the next year, I stayed and didn't. Like they were like, man, I'm not paying you to go to school, yeah, and I couldn't believe that. And so in 1988, after we went all the way to the finals, I had one class, and he wanted me to come to summer league, and I said, I don't work for you in the summer. Wow. I got bored, and I graduated 1988. Nice. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Yeah, my mom. I gave my degree to my mother, cause she it was for her anyway. It's awesome. I would have gone, man. If I could have gone pro, right, you know. I, I understand college. I understand what it does. It just doesn't do it anymore. Mm. It's it's not our future anymore. Yeah, the, the, I, I tell you this, and I, I hate to be a Debbie Downer. In 2002, I'm in Portofino, Italy. Um, I drove from Monte Carlo uh, with my wife. I was like, it's May, it's my birthday. I'm going to Italy. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to Italy. So we go to Portofino, we're walking around. All right, that's cool. And then I go get the rental car and try to get out. When I go to the, you know, in America, you hand the money to somebody, they give you back your ticket, you keep it moving. I get to the gate and people are blowing their horn because you're supposed to go back there, pay with the machine and put your credit card in. Now that I say that, everybody goes, yeah, of course you know that. Not 19, not 2002. Yeah. We didn't get that. I, at my bank now, this last two months, they just got rid of the booth and put the machine. And it's 2022. So That's that crazy. lady that I saw for the past 14 years has no job. Right? Yeah. Right now, I got this app that I was getting involved with called Chef, S-H-E-F, for homemade meals. So you can now put your... and programming them to deliver you homemade meals from some lady's kitchen. They are now putting Uber on Uber against restaurants. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah. those kitchens are not going to win anymore, right? Mm-hmm. If I can get a homemade meal from a lady that supposedly, like I had a lady in Detroit that makes this falafel. Okay. She's from Lebanon. <laughs> I go to her house to pick it up on the way to the airport when I'm leaving Detroit. Wow. And I, you can go, oh, I had like falafel. I don't know what she does. I don't know if she's spitting in it. I don't know <laughs> if falafel. she mixes it with her feet. I don't know what it is. It's a different taste than falafel. Yeah. And so just imagine that the world is moving to the port way where, one, we were at the concert last night, we'll get to. Dude. My daughter got in the car and couldn't wait to wipe her hands because she has been indoctrinated for the past two and a half years that that environment is unhealthy. Mm, great point. So metaverse is about to be huge, right? Where I can get you to come in, your whole crew, do the concert. Cut, edit it, put it together. Now you get paid for being at a concert. You're not even performing it. Yeah. So the world is changing. So I think school is no longer teach you how to be in line. I mean, that's a great point, especially with, all the, especially with the Zoom and the online stuff that happened the past two years. You know, yeah. my son graduated 
on the computer, mm-hmm. all that, not really have to go anywhere anymore and do that. You're right. Yeah. You never did. Yeah. There, it was a part of a system. Like my show yeah. that you're going to be on is all Zoom. And the, the, the television is a long, skinny television in the chair that moves when I want it to move. And it looks like you're there. And I was like, they was like, oh, that's dope. Yeah. I don't want to. How long we've we been supposed to do this podcast? A long time. Right? We're busy though, yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but people aren't too busy for Zoom, which trips me out. Mm. They be, oh man, it, what it is, they, they don't want to put on clothes. Really, they don't want to wash their ass and brush their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> they they cry about gas. You know, it's... it's. I know. They made us shut it down. And the, the crazy thing about that pandemic, I, I used to live in Encino and... I made my, we were up at three o'clock in the morning. Remember, everybody's sleep was off. And I tell my daughter to come out back. And she goes, what? And I go, listen, it was not a sound. That was a beautiful part. Driving through LA, nobody in the streets, dude. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty surreal, man. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, coming out of that, I understand. Like, so now she's like programmed to like, I have to wash my hands. I'm about to, meanwhile, we all should wash our hands. Right. But then at the same time, there's something about our kids going outside playing getting germs, building a strong immune system as well. Used to be, but now everything yeah. outside is pesticide, right? The yeah. grass is not real, right. the, the, right. all of that. So you're really destroyed. I used to say, like, I'm in the grounding, right? I do yoga, I'm into, but then I remember one time I was watching TV and like I was learning how to stand up paddleboard. And then it said, oh, today, this morning, you know, no one should go in the water in Malibu, you know, because you might get a staph infection. What? That's crazy. I said, well, why not? He said, well, it's raining. I go, what's that have to do with it? And they were like, well, different settlements in the water. And I was like, Malibu, I can't get in the water. <laughs> yeah. Say less. So the only place I get in the water is in the Caribbean. Wow. Yeah, I won't. I mean, we see alerts because my son surfs. We see yeah. those charts every week. What's the highest, you know, toxin? They're telling you. We're in a toxic water thing. I mean, I got in Hawaii. That water was amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, uh, that was amazing. So now we can't go outside. Now we can't. We're living like in Pleasantville. But you were talking about the show and how you felt after being there and that surrounding. Well, for me, I don't smoke weed. And so I had too much caffeine before I went. I had Yerba Mate, two of them, which 160 grams of caffeine. And then all the Do they sponsor you? They sponsor him, yeah. Oh, which one? It's amazing, Amaz. Can I have one of those? Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll get you one. Let me get one. I'll get one. Yo, so and so, but the weed. I don't. I never. I never tried weed. I never smoked anything my whole life. I've been straight my whole life. And there was all the weed around me. I was breathing it in. I was feeling. And like, you felt great. Well, I might, <laughs> I might have a contact. The last. I might have a contact buzz. Maybe. You are punk rock lead <laughs> singer. I never and tried you've any. Never. No. You know, I didn't try weed till I was thirty-two. Okay. I'm 52. I never tried weed, cigarettes, drinking, nothing my whole life. No? But then, thank you. But vegan since 1988. Been healthy my whole life. But I probably get a contact buzz because I saw Up in Smoke you back in the day, Eminem, Snoop. The whole arena was weed. I felt so fucking weird when I left that place, man. At the Kendrick. Yeah, no, that's, just, that's no legit. Sugar. No sugar. Yeah, I love uh, Yorba Met. How is it, Mr. Sally? Um, this is good. I, I'm glad I can say that. Yeah, that was a really great I, breakdown. I stopped lying day. at 40. Right, yeah, you said this. Until you got did, caught at 50, you said. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it took me until I was 50. So now, if, if I, I tell people, 
They, they say, so you only tell the truth? I say, yes. In other words, and they go, well, how do you do that? I go, I don't tell everybody my opinion. Mm. So my opinion is my opinion. It's tricky to have an opinion these the days, too. Huh? It's tricky to have an opinion these days, too. Yeah, it's dangerous. It's good cancer. Jesus. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you can't be a thinker. <laughs> you can't be. It's true, though. Chronic thinking is, is not part of the business. Let's talk about Sneakerella, because I'm a big sneakerhead person. I'm sure you are, too. Oh, Sneakerella, which Sneaker- is on Disney+, Plus, a movie which uh, I did um, two years ago. Really good movie. And it's a trip, because it's on Dig- Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus is changing, right? So everyone thought it was a kid movie. And then they got to see the movie, and it's about second chances. So as opposed to the the old Cinderella mentality, yeah, it it's a redeeming situation that this is why I did this. This is why I thought this. Yes, they are wrong. They'll be Handlewood, but I need a second chance. And, you know, it works out in the end. But it's a, I get the rhyme in the movie. So awesome. I get to do a whole battle. And I hadn't rhymed on camera ever. Yeah, I've been on stage yeah. a lot. <laughs> but I, I, I got to live out my hip hop battle green. Awesome, man. Real. Are you a big sneakerhead person too? Like, yeah, I've been. I listen. This is so crazy. What size thing did you wear, by the way? Fifteen. Wow. I used to wear sixteen, and then I got my feet operated on when I retired because I had bunions and hammer toes. And if I can buy new boobs for broads, I should be able to get straight toes. <laughs> like, that's not asking so much. My feet do more to those boobs. Anyway, maybe not. Maybe not. Oh my god. Maybe dude. not. But uh. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, when MJ first started, right? So that's my man, 50 grand. So he goes pro. And when they come into play, he get in Atlanta, I go check him out because no one's going to hang out with MJ. Yeah. They're not understanding. For listeners, you're talking about Michael Jordan. Yeah. Okay. If, uh, MJ, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Z line going on here. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I, I see him, and he—I don't even think he's understanding that. Yo, you about to change the, the whole sneakers? We wearing Converse at Georgia Tech. That's crazy man! I got Dr. J to sign a pair, gave me a pair. You know what I'm saying? They wearing everybody's wearing Converse. Kareem is wearing Adidas. Mm. Period. Right, but and then growing up in hip hop, we wearing Bally's, Pro Keds, um, um, Pro Cons. Uh, um, uh, uh, what is it called? British British Knights or oh, British yeah, Knights? BKs. BK is the illest. <laughs> uh, so I tell him I'm Puma. So I I go to Georgia Tech with Lee jeans and every and four color Pumas. Wow! And that that was that's how I put it together. So I to this day still have some Pumas. I got a pair of Kobe's when he was number eight. Wow. I can get him to sign him. I just took him. I go, what's that? He goes, I'm not wearing that style anymore. Uh, uh, I'll sign him later. I said, I made, that was a huge mistake. But I remember when Michael took it, I was playing for Chicago. He took his shoe off. I grabbed him. And the ball boy looked at me like I was crazy. He said, I give him away to the ball boys every game. I said, not this game. <laughs> you have those still? Yeah. I said, wow. I said, matter of fact, I take the kid's pen. Thanks, kid. Sign these for me. He's thinking, I'm just joking. Right. And I'm going to give him to the, hell no. No, wow, sign dude. them. I got them. 
So I said to this guy, oh, these are real. Like, do I said, yeah. And they stayed in this bag that I had and this bull bag. And he goes, these are worth like $50,000. I said, for what? He wore them already. I, that's all I'm thinking. Yeah. My craziness. So. Probably now even more. That's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. And then I got my boy, uh, what's his name? Jacob. Um, he is a, a, a clothes designer. And uh, he came over to and, uh, a shoe designer. I met him right there on on uh, on Fairfax. Mm-hmm. I was going to do a show just about sneakers. So yeah, my you daughter's be- calling me. I'm on a podcast, but she, she, <laughs> you have so, a big collection of sneakers too, huh? Yeah, man, a huge uh, collection. I Damn. have. Um, so you saw the Jordan ones when they first came out, and that was, and that was your friend. They're like, these are going to be huge. They changed the world. They changed yeah, everything. They did. Everything. Hip hop, skateboards, everything. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'll call you back. Yeah. Remember he got in trouble for him because it was a great scene on on David Letterman, and he goes, "These shoes, you got fined for wearing these shoes." He goes, "What's wrong with them? I don't see anything wrong with them." He said, "They're ugly." He goes, "He said no." He said, "What's wrong?" He said. It doesn't have any white in it. He said, neither does the NBA. That's not a big problem. Oh, my Dave, God. I'm telling you, Dave Dave was unbelievable. But literally, wow. his first sneakers were red and black. Yeah, the, the band. They're called, they're called the band, whatever the yeah. band. Yeah, just that band red ones. and yeah. Such a sick colorway, man. Just a sick. There's nothing better than the Jordan 1, man. It ain't good to play in, though. Yeah, yeah. he said that, too. You probably know this, but... By default, yeah. the Jordan ones that are canvas, they're vegan, the leather's fake. Right. So all the, all of us dudes in New York who went to punk rock and hardcore like, and skateboarding, we started rocking the Jordans when we were vegans in the 80s because those are like our winter boots because you couldn't wear Converse in Manhattan through yeah. snowstorms. So we got the Jordan ones canvas and that was like our boot. Yeah. Really? They're vegan. Yeah, it's like synthetic. To this day, those are the OG vegan yeah. Jordans. They're so sick. Yeah, and the, and the, uh, the blue and black. Yeah, I, I I went. I was just about to right before the movie came out, before Sneakerella came out. This is why I thought it was a crazy life. Is um, 2019? I was like, All right, I'm gonna come out in 2019 with not only my daughter's brand and a television show. I'm gonna come out with a sneaker, and so I go to these three different designers. It is a great brand out of Portugal. Now, the mm. reason it's out of Lisbon because they, they make the most vegan shoes. Even the, the glue is vegan. I know that. Yeah. Lisbon's beautiful too, by the way. I love yeah. Portugal. Yeah, man. Somebody offered me hash on the street. I was like, they still do hash? Yeah. <laughs> yeah man, do. I don't want any hash. Meet me over there. Um, <laughs> just can't walk up to so me. So you tried to meet with some American brands at first and you just... Well, I went to Nike, but Nike doesn't want to talk to me anymore. I, I did a lot with Nike. I did, um, I did, uh, what do you call it, um, Battleground when they were trying to develop new sneakers. I remember some wonderful lady from Nike said, I'm going to ask you something, and this is not racist, but I'm going to ask you something about your culture, and I want you to answer me and understand I'm asking because I don't know. She said, yeah. She said, why do you guys love Air Force Ones? And I did not have an answer. 
Uptowns for the East Coasters, though. Right? Uptowns. Why don't want Uptowns? But see, mine are the ones I have to tell you now. These are Air Force One Nikes, not from Nike, from the factory. So none of the that's why you don't know which Nikes are you have to know if they're from Nike or this is still made in China. So these are made in China, same factory, did not change anything. Nike makes theirs in Singapore now. So when you that's why it's such a thing is okay. Nike took all of their product out of the stores. Did not know that. Yeah, you, you can't go to Foot Locker and get a Nike now. Wow, even like eighty dollar Air Force Ones at Air Foot Locker, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the Air Force One is a new as a New York staple, the Uptown. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it's, all it is. It's so popular now, and my son and all all the kids in his generation, they wear them till they're falling off their feet, and they're black and they're dirty and they're creased. Like in New York, that shit is like kept them super nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy I, how the kids are wearing them now. I just saw a guy. We're, we're going to the concert last night in L.A. <laughs> and I'm. I said I'm gonna beat traffic, and I'm gonna get off at Kawanga. I don't know why. Anyway, <laughs> and then by the time I'm walking, I'm driving down Franklin. And for those who don't know in Hollywood, it's like the middle of Hollywood. And this guy's walking, and my daughter says, what's up with him? And I look, and I see something in his right hand. And, you know, I don't have a pistol with me. I don't have a knife. I'm like, man, I'm slacking, right? <laughs> and he's walking, and I go, and he don't have no shoes on. Now, I used to see that in New York all the time, meaning he got robbed, right? Yeah, yeah. He got robbed. Yeah. They got him for his sneakers. I said, yo, see what happened when you don't, have, when you don't know how to fight, Tyler? She was like, what are you talking about? Maybe he's homeless. I said, homeless guys got shoes, even if they don't, they decide that fit him. I said, he got robbed. That guy just got robbed. I'm telling you. That's all I thought the whole time. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a love sneakers. And I'm really particular, too. So yeah. I don't want to have any whack shoes on. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't promote any whackness. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think was the first people to to rock the Air Force Ones? Was it Airbnb Rock Camp? The Rock White on White Uptowns? I don't know who it was back in New York who started rocking those first. Yeah, because we didn't want to wear Adidas. Mm. After he did my uh, Adidas, yeah. when we got to that point. You know, okay, we're gonna do it. Shelto was a dope, but really, we like Stan Smith, right? Stan so we Smith. like Stan Smith, who looks like the Ballys. That's and what the then, rocked. Yeah, and then Moses and Malone, and then we're wearing Air Force Ones. And then when we saw Ice with them on, that, to me, I was like, let me try it. But, like, I think they're so heavy to play basketball. In. I know, they're basketball shoes, right? Yeah, but they're not. <laughs> they're so bulky, man. They're, they're so heavy. They're not, and... It was it was like wearing a high heel shoe, right? If you <laughs> step on the side, you're going to twist your ankle. They're guaranteed. Yeah, it didn't make much sense to me. It's crazy that that was such a yeah. And then this, and if you were black on black ones, that was like a New York thing too. Yeah. But black on black ones out here, my son says you can't rock at his school because there's a different thing who rock black on black. It's a different thing in L. A. Really? For the black on black. Yeah, Air like Force I ones. saw Nas come out in a red, red warm up suit last night, red and white. I was thinking he know better than that. Like yeah. that's what was saying in so my mind living out here. Well, yeah, now I, yeah. So that yeah, yeah, rocking the fur coat, rocking. Last night was just epic being 52, being our age, growing up, living in New York at that time, seeing all that, being in the 90s in New York. It was just beautiful last night to see the crowd, that diversity, the different age groups. And when did you get most of your tats? How old were you? Started like 18 in New York. So no black guys ever said anything to you when they saw your tattoos? 
back in the day? Because you're colored. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a great story I told before I tell you who appreciate it. I met Tupac once backstage. I was with House of Pain. He had no tattoos. He shook my hand. He's like, damn. He looked at me in House of Pain. We all had shirts up. I had the most tats. It's in actually a book called Who Shot You? And Tupac's like, yo, you white boys are crazy with them tattoos. And he had the hair, like he was just filming juice. Yeah. No okay. tattoos. Yeah. It was a cool moment meeting him. I know camera, nothing. It was a beautiful moment. I never seen him again after that. But but yeah, I mean, yeah, nobody ever said anything about me having tattoos in New York like that. I mean, now it's so, everybody has tattoos, dude. It's, I know, but like it was, it was a trip. Uh, I tell everybody the first guy was uh, Kenyon Martin. I just saw him the other night. He used to play for the Nets. It was the first person I saw, black guy I saw with a neck tattoo. Really? Okay. And I turned, it wasn't. What's his face from the Knicks? Uh, I, I'm gonna fuck the name up. He had braids. He was so hard. Oh, you, um, yeah. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, he choked his coach. I thought. Oh. I thought he was the first guy tatted up in basketball. Rap no. loves him. I'm such a moron. Birdman, the white guy or the black no, guy? no, black guy. Was he Philly or was he Knicks? Uh, Allen Iverson. Yes. 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 Yeah, Philadelphia. He's yeah. hard as fuck, though. I thought he was the first, like, tatted up. Yeah, he, well, oh, Dennis Robin was too. the first. Robin, too. So, fun fact. Okay. Let's get it. I'm the first guy with a tattoo outside of his uniform, and I got this dragon. Oh, shit, and they And they find me every game because it's not part of my uniform. No way. Yeah, that's, so I, that's original. I, and I remember it. They were like, well, we're going to find you $1,000 a game, which is $82,000. And I was like, you can't. And he goes, they go, they're going to find you because you put a tattoo outside your body that's outside of your uniform. And I go, what What if I had a skin rash? Right. Yeah. He goes, it's not. It's a tattoo. I said, how are you to say it's a tattoo? It's in my skin. How are you going <laughs> to test that? It's a skin rash shaped like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so, so when did it become okay to have fully tattooed? It didn't. Like and Dennis went and got it because Dennis like, that's crazy. Right. And then they they couldn't find Dennis. Well, they can find Dennis, which they probably did, but he was making a move and he was the t- defensive player. Yeah. Um, and then I remember when Allen Iverson came in, remember he didn't have any tattoos. Right? Yeah. And then when he started getting tattoos on his arm, which we had never seen. I'd never seen a sleeve, a tattoo go anywhere lower than your than your bicep. Yeah. And he had they 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 did a commercial where they uh, ad where they um, colored his tattoos out. Okay. They took them out, and everyone thought that was wrong. And David Stern apologized. Then they did another tattoo where this old lady had cornrows and a whole bunch of tattoos on. They made fun of it. But I remember when Stephen A. Smith talked so bad about Kaepernick being on San Francisco. Hey, you can't come with all them tattoos on and doing that. I was, I was like, what? what? What are you talking about? What's that have to do with the price of tea in China? Have you, there's a guy named Beckham who has <laughs> more tattoos. tattoos than all of them put together. Neck, everything, yeah. Like, and he is, the, the queen loves him. She knighted him, you know what I'm saying? It's just this thought process. That's the only tattoo you have? No, no. Okay. I got my daughters on this side, and I had my first tattoo was on a hip. Dennis Rodman and I got our first tattoo on our left hip because Adrian Dantley, you know, we used to. Not only was our shorts short, <laughs> our towels were just as short, which I thought was so suspect. But that, that, we don't want to get in there. I just wondered <laughs> why did we have to? This is how small the towels were. 
You put one piece in your pinky and the other piece in your thumb and you walk to the bathroom because that's as much towel as they gave us in any so arena. Random. Yeah. That towels were tiny. I wonder why. You guys are big dudes. No, they're just these <laughs> tiny towels. I kept thinking, why do they do that? Anyway, and Adrian Dantley had money sacks on his on his hips at AD. And I was like, yo, that's dope. So <laughs> right after training camp, I find out where the tattoo parlor is. Dennis and I go, and I get my spider, because my nickname is Spider, over yeah, there. Spider, and yeah. Dennis gets strawberries. <laughs> I go, why'd you get strawberries? He goes, well, you know, when I dive, I get, you know, you get strawberries. So I just put them there. You're a psycho. He was, punk. He was so punk. He was so punk rock to you me. You guys man. have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I've, seen, I've seen documentaries and stuff, but he was just, just he didn't give a fuck, man. I loved it, Dog, man. Dog, he was so y'all before he was, you could ever imagine. Like, he never. He only liked one uh, group that was black, and that was Steve Arrington, who used to be the lead singer of Slave. Um, so he was into, was, like, hard rock and all that stuff? That was it. That was. It. I mean, he got on a plane one time. This tell you, it was 1990. And got to the point where we had to wait on him. You I know, saw that. He's gonna I be saw late. The doctor, yeah, waiting for yeah, me. Yeah. Hey, man, you know we gotta. Our flight takes off at five fifteen. Dennis ain't here yet. Yeah. The next, you had to wait till the next time we had a window to take off on our plane. No one said anything. Like you ain't leaving, Dennis. The Negro, who gonna play defense, grab rebounds, and you ain't leaving the man. He's with so, Madonna right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wherever he is. But this is. <laughs> This is this is before M. This is when we in Detroit. Like he just started. We just started paying attention to mental health. We just started mm. realizing what was happening. And uh, Dennis, he gets on the bus, on the on the plane, and they're like, "Hey, D. Ross, sorry, man." And he gets on, and his jeans are ripped at the knee, at the bottom, and he's wearing these combat boots, uh, um, and they're open. And we're getting on. We go, "What happened?" And he goes. Oh man, it's just traffic. You get in a car accident? Like, we're looking at him like, you okay? And he has on ripped jeans. And Chuck was like, What's, what, what are you wearing? Your, your jeans are ripped up. He goes, Oh, this is the new style. This is the fashion. Chuck put a new rule You can only have dark blue jeans close to black. And they have to be, if you're going to wear jeans, they have to still be nice enough to wear with a suit jacket. Intact, yeah. And I was like, D-Rod, what happened, dog? He goes, Sal, this is the way they wear jeans. I swear to God. It's true. People started rocking like that. And I thought it was the wackest thing ever. <laughs> I, I've always, I kept saying, man, I don't like this style. Next thing you know, I got shit with more holes in Doc it. Doc Martens. I hated it. I was like, I don't like this style. Didn't like it. Still, not my thing. Yeah. Always, yeah. yeah. That's why we didn't leave I, Dennis. I love that. Even though I was like in Cleveland, I was like, okay, this is good. You know, I was like, this is, I love this. I was like, I love seeing, you know, like big teams go down, especially the Bulls. Oh. Was, I People know, like I, hate I, on the Bulls. I, 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 no, I hated them, but I was from Cleveland, and I was like, no, I don't like this. I, but I, it was so hard to hate them. I know, it's true. <laughs> it was so it was hard. So that propaganda the NBA put forth, man. Yeah. You forgot that Magic and Bird were on two different coasts. Like it, they had Michael Jordan so dialed in. This is how good the propaganda worked. If you're watching another game and MJ is coming on the next game, 
when he would walk into the arena two hours before, they would cut to it during the game, say Michael Jordan has just entered the American Airlines arena. Stay tuned to the point where don't turn your channel. You don't have to watch this, what we have on this pregame, but MJ is coming on at three. Leave your channel here. That's how good the CBS and NBC had it going. You know, we were designed. Jalen Rose talked to my man Vlad on Vlad TV. He said, you know, Sal is a, is a bad boy. I'm designed to hate them. And, you know, he was my man and all until the game started. Then, you know, he was wearing red and white. And, yeah, you know, you know how black folks are with colors, <laughs> colors, 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 colors. Are you still in contact with MJ now? Or? Yeah, no, well, I saw MJ the last time I saw him um, a couple of years ago, man. I, I haven't been around him in a while. Yeah. Still my dude, though. Um, but like to be in the, uh, the Last Dance documentary. Right. Yeah, man. So I realize a lot of things now that I, I don't say I take for granted or I don't give energy to is I'm in a documentary about the Bulls, right? Mm -hmm. Isaiah's in a documentary about the Bulls. Nobody else. Dennis is in the doc, but I don't even know. Yeah, it's Dennis. It's MJ was like, go to Sal. He got great stories. He remembers everything. And it's <laughs> and because uh, I haven't destroyed my brain with all that synthetic food, but um, word. <laughs> but I, I, you have to throw something in there. But I had I, I, I say that I was in this documentary because in my brain, even though MJ was cool with me, Scotty at the time was cool with me, Horace Grant, I like BJ. Um, I had to kill them. If it was them or me, it's gonna be me. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, like, yeah. that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, "Turn the other cheek," right? right. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you did you enjoy watching that doc? Yeah, I didn't know a lot. It took you back, like yeah. Yeah, if I knew, if we would have known that we were in the head as much as we would have been, you would have never heard of Michael Jordan. Like they would have never won. If we knew where the pressure points were, we had, we knew we were making them better. He was working out and all that. That was crazy even gain weight to like yeah, defend you know, himself. We had the same agent. Like the reason I picked David Folk, besides that was he was MJ's agent. And he was like at ProServe, so I went to ProServe. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm gonna they looking out for you, they taking care of you. Yeah. I had the best contract for a number eleven pick, at least for two years. Um I had a sneaker deal with a Via for three years. Um it was it was all good. And that's what I said. When I realized, yeah, they're sending me sneakers and I'm wearing sweatsuits and they're, they're sponsoring my basketball camp, but I'm making $60,000 and I'm a walking billboard. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah. You know, Do you that, remember where you were when you got drafted? Like, what, was, what do you mean? Like, where were you like, when it was like, okay, you're going to the NBA, like, this is finally coming true? Oh. Was that 86? Is that the first draft 86. pick? 86. Yeah. This is a this is a crazy story. Yeah. So, I I get to the I was like the year before said to be the number one number two player, and then my best friend since tenth grade for since eleventh grade was Len Bias. Oh, so me and Len are together, and we're sitting together at the draft. Damn. So that night before. We are outside the Grand Hyatt on 42nd and Lex. And we don't, the furthest we're going 
It's to that pizza parlor right to the right. I'm not getting shot. He was like, me either. I'm not getting jumped. I don't even want to meet no broads. Like nothing is getting in the way of my draft tomorrow. Anything can happen to everybody else. I'm not moving from this spot. Matter of fact, yeah, you know, we said we're going to be down and get on the uh, bus at 2 o'clock. I I was downstairs at 12 o'clock. Like I was ready to go. Yeah. And I had my bag. I was ready. So I know that whoever I'm drafted to, David Falk is there with me. I'm thinking he's there with me. He's there with me. He didn't have anybody. He wasn't representing anybody until me, number 11, which was rare for David Falk. And so I know I'm flying wherever. When they draft me, I'm going to my new plantation. I'm, I'm going to the new team. Just being serious. How old are you then? How old are you? 22 years okay. old. And Len literally <laughs> is going home. And he's sitting there, and I'm talking smack the whole day. You know, Red Arback told me, man, you know, I ain't going to be sitting there that long. You know, they got the number two pick, and Lenny's like, and Lenny know it's him. But I'm just, yeah, I'm going to Boston. I'm, I grew up a Celtic fan. Oh, okay, I was going to ask you that. First team to hire a black coach, and they win a lot. Yeah. Why everybody likes anybody, non-winners. It's like not liking Drake. You're a hater. Um, <laughs> it's it's you know if you don't you know you just don't like that he's winning with his with his way, so they pick Lenny and Lenny gets up and says, "Seeing the league, Sal," and I'm like, "You," wow. and so I know I don't have a good meeting with any of the other teams that's coming up except Detroit, and that Detroit is in eight picks, nine picks. I'm like, ain't this a bitch? I'm gonna, I'm not getting drafted. I got 32 people in the stand. If I don't get drafted, we tearing this bitch up. <laughs> My mom's included. Is is taking some pens or something? Yeah, I was. That was the last time I saw Lenny. So I see you in the league. And so, wow. I get drafted to Detroit. We fly to Detroit, and then Dennis Rodman was my roommate in Hawaii. And he was the second pick to Detroit. But I didn't know that by then because after I got drafted, after the first round, we do the interviews, we headed to the airport. So when I get to Detroit, Dennis is there. So obviously it's the NBA and they're cheap. They put us both in the same room. Again. <laughs> at a Holiday Inn. Like this is wow. this with, is the NBA, that big spenders. Right. And when I wake up, you know, he always watched cartoons. I knew that from when I was hanging out with him in Hawaii. He's watching cartoons when I wake up and he, he, I said, what's up, man? And I'm like, still hasn't hit me. I'm a pro, but I'm exhausted. He goes, man, something happened to your, uh, your friend who I said, my friend, he had a guy you sit next to at the draft. And so he's watching cartoons. And I said, well, and I turned the channel and I, that's the first time I see it. And we got to now leave and go do a press conference while all of that is happening. The clock, it, we still got to do a press conference about being in Detroit. So like a week, I have to fly back to Atlanta, and then a week later, I'm at the funeral. Yeah, it, it, he started. He started the war on drugs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 kicked it all off. I remember wow. That so well. I was like, I will never ever try. Yeah. Anything. Like I, you know, I was really that changed so much with a lot of people around me. 
I only had ecstasy because I kissed a girl. Wow. Uh, my wife. She had a lot of ecstasy. No. <laughs> Once I kissed her. You weren't doing like partying back then with everybody? No. I, like, I like women. Yeah, that's right? your thing. And um, cocaine makes you not remember from what I understand because guys get high and start touching other dudes and shit like that. And, um, you know, if you into it, if you into it, like, uh, but I only had cocaine one time I kissed a girl and my lip went numb. Mm. And then my tongue started going numb. I was like, why am I going numb? She was like, oh, did anything come out? And wow. I jumped up, ran and got my brother. No cocaine. They're going to test me. I'm going to lose everything in this bit. I sound like Mike Tyson in this bit. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been with your lady for 29 years? Uh, 31 years, but wow, I've been married dude. 29 years. And, but I've, I've, been a, I've, I've been a man for 58 years. So um, like she had, I told her though, Bad I boy. said, I'm not the marrying type. Right. Mm. And she said, that's what everybody tells you. <laughs> you are, and I said, you're gonna be good in my future. But so I better keep you now. And so she's been great in my future life. You know what I'm saying? She was, and she, she tried to hang out with me, but she was young. She was 21, 22, didn't realize I was, you know, the devil reincarnate. 29 years, wow, man. Yeah, but she, she all she knew is, I, I don't, I don't I'm, if you ask me, I'm going to give you the answer. So better watch what you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. But she's been there for you the whole time through everything. Yeah. Well, she's been married to me. I ain't gonna say she's been there. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been there myself. You know what I'm saying? Well, you were, you were hosting Couples Retreat too, right? I did that show on VH1. You and your daughter, you and your daughter have the Deuces Twenty Two, the cannabis. Yeah, my daughter is the one of the. She was at one time one of the youngest CEOs in cannabis. Can, uh, high times, top fifty, her, yeah, top right? fifty women in cannabis. Yeah, um, we were a part of uh, social equity, so we literally everybody that works at the Grow in South Central is from the neighborhood. And, awesome. Uh, but it's it's a tough business. So I made a television show out of it, and I I literally that's why I'm telling you about my platform. Yeah, uh, John Sally Black Party. On once I finish this negotiation, you'll see that show. You'll see a show called Mental Wealth about um, finances and mental health situation and how your wealth is your mental health. Um, uh, then I got a couple of podcasts that I'm putting out on the. I, I filmed a comedy show at a barbershop called Cut Above. Wow! And uh, I, I did it for proof of concept. And then in Atlanta, I did uh, live music with these up-and-coming artists. So I literally uh, am capturing everything. I'm, I'm doing a modern-day Ed Sullivan. The only thing I don't have is motherfuckers spinning plates. <laughs> That's the only thing I don't have. That's amazing. That's all going to be on your platform? That's sick. Yeah, I'm giving, I'm giving creators money. And... We also have a mechanism where if you watch a certain amount of hours, we pay the person watching as well. Mm. Yeah, I just decided to share. And the only way you're going to get people to watch content that makes you think or that is, that's not degrading is to pay you to do so. Because you, you, know, you watch for free stuff that destroys your brain. 
It's true. So I might as well pay you to enhance it. Yeah, that's that's amazing. What about the cannabis game that you said? It's crazy, man. I think it's going to – and I'm involved with Isaiah Thomas. Is the, I was going to ask you if you – yeah. Yeah, he's we're the largest growers of cannabis and hemp in the world. And no one knows. They grow in Colombia. And they have a partnership. And I don't even know why we stopped promoting this. Uh, we have a partnership where all the farmers. So in Colombia, the number one export was cocaine. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. Right? So the government knows that. The, their government knows that, yeah. right? That's where cocaine comes from. Just like in Afghanistan, that's where opium comes from, right? Yes. So, But we all know this. Yes. <laughs> but so much of it gets into the country because it's countries and coots, right? So they have to change that. What do they need? They needed hemp, easy to grow. Grows four times a year in that climate. So you can get four harvests as opposed to two. Right next to it is a sister cannabis, which pretty soon will be legal throughout the world. Do you think that? Well, I know why it's being held up here in America is because of China. So, of Asia. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that. Just to let you know how powerful Asia is to the California, Los Angeles um, ecosystem and financial hub, financial part of Los Angeles, four million, let me get this right, four billion dollars was spent in Beverly Hills alone from Asia. In 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 2016. 2016. So imagine what happened in 2019 is Beverly Hills shut down. Yes. Most of those, that's why you don't see any, you remember you would walk, we drive around and oh, that was there and that was this and now nothing is there, that's why. And they're putting up more buildings to, like I just came down Pico and now there's five new buildings on Pico. Yeah. Because they're taking away places that you consume and putting up places that you live. So now it lessens where you get product. So during the pandemic, big box stores stay open, but mom and pops had to close. COVID didn't like mom and pops stores. So they have been designing us at this point. And I'm telling you, if Asia was spending $4 billion and it's illegal in China and in Singapore and in Korea and in Japan, like all of those places, big time situation on weed, if they're not the ones buying it and they're paying the most for everything, we can't sell it. Mm. It's really interesting. I mean, thought about it like that either. Yeah. yeah. And, and like you go to Brittany Griner has been in jail for nine months now yeah. on a cartridge. Yes. Right. It is political, but it's still a cannabis. Co- they still have a law saying you can't have cannabis there. No, it's terrifying in Russia. Right. It's hardcore. It's scary. And they have the death penalty in Belarus. Yeah. So, what's his name? Um, Dallas Austin got caught with a couple of pills in in Dubai, and Saudi Arabia almost couldn't get out. Wow, man! Yeah, he can never go back. Right. He said Dallas got so afraid you don't even know he did music. 
Like, really? Yeah, he disappeared quickly. Like it, it, be, it became a thing. So I, I just know that that part, China won't get to it. But once America, I think twenty, and then you got to think the right now we're building a subsystem, a subway system, or rail system in Los Angeles from downtown all the way up Wilshire to the beach. In 2028, that's the whole thing is being built for the Olympics. Yes, absolutely. And the world is going to be here. And cannabis you can smoke in America. China said if they have any idea of their citizens smoking and they test and you test positive for you're going to jail. Yeah. The US. So really? like if they can really, if they really want to, they can check you. Yeah. And if they find out, they can not let you back in the country. And it depends on wow. how much is in your body because, like, Toby last night was smoking tons of <laughs> dank at the concert. He had all kind of, and it was funny because when we found out, everybody was just blowing weed toward him. <laughs> he was, he was like. I a felt chimney. something last night. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy but the Olympics and all like wow that's yeah, fucking Olympics. yeah you gotta out. yeah it's not what so, it it's always bigger but uh it will it will be legal though I well mean, it's legal now I mean I mean as far as federally in the US like, well that's it depends on who gets into office right mm. well even both of the candidates you know were saying this before that they were gonna but that doesn't mean anything yeah they also said they were gonna forgive uh college uh yeah, tuition yeah. They also said healthcare is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They also said we're going to take everybody out of war. They also <laughs> said. Oh, but it's interesting that places like Canada, of course, completely legal. Yeah, it's only 25 million people. Right. But what about Mexico? Do you think that will ever be legal there? Well, they grow it there, and the stuff they grow in Mexico should be illegal. <laughs> it's horrible. Shit is dirt rash. Don't trade for that weed. Okay. But in like Colombia and other places, the U.S. You well, think that would be the future. Like, yeah, involved? it's definitely going to be the future because uh, Colombia is in disarray, just like Venezuela. Mm-hmm. And and when you have people who will work for food, that's the place. You know, and that's by design too for everybody listening. Right. Don't think that these places being toppled and their money being, dec- you know, uh, devalued is by mistake. It's by design. They need people to go to school yeah <laughs> i need people to, to follow uh uh when they need something that needs to be done by hand they they have to keep it in a place since you know the prison system won't allow them to grow weed it's crazy man do you used to do operation smile stuff about it, no i don't do operation smile uh i i miss it that was a great uh charity i was involved in uh, Cedar Sinai Sports Spectacular. Um, I was involved with the Pump Foundation is the latest. I, I still do um, things with PCRM Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. That's our lobbyist group for vegans. And uh, anything I'm, I'm doing an event 20 to 22 October 20th in Houston with Dr. Baxter Hamilton, who is a cardiologist for the past 30 years. For 20 years, he did it the other way. Now, he has been helping people's body to defeat dis-ease with raw food. 
That's amazing, man. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to do his gala, and uh, he's amazing. I mean, I'm telling you, I ate the food there last week when I was in Houston, and uh, amazing food. And, you know, I'm telling you, some raw, I, I, I want to be a raw food vegan. I tried it, man. It's hard, man. I tried it, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, which I kind of have now, but I, I still like heated food. Me I too, think that's man. my problem. Like yeah. warm food in my belly, yeah, for sure. I've tried it before. It's... Yeah, I did it without it, which is better for me. I had more energy. Mm-hmm. My sex was amazing. I asked myself. Um, that's how I know it was amazing. <laughs> did you Did you try to get Michelle Obama to go vegan? Well, And did it work? Well, what I did with PETA is I allowed that, me saying that, because it was going to sound better than me saying it than PETA True. saying it. Right. Um, it was black on black crime, and um, you know I know I know uh, Mr. Obama. Uh, he told he told his wife, "Don't like him. He plays for the enemy," because he was from Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> I was just happy that the brother knew me. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm the bad boy." <laughs> yeah, he looking at me. Right. <laughs> I always said I wanted to go play in his gym. I was like, I, I'm going to get in trouble because I'm a blocker shot and it's going to hit him in his eye, going to have a busted eye, <laughs> trying to give the State of the Union. My fellow Americans. Yeah. Damn, man, you play too rough. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you got to meet him and he was cool? Yeah, I met him when he was just, uh, when he was just, when he was just, when he was a senator. Yeah, yeah. he was he was at the game with Oprah. Sitting wow. next to Oprah in that light, yeah. And then you went to Congress too for like a ch- Children's Nutrition Act too? Yeah, man, and they tried it. I, I, I did that so I can explain. I'm trying to get into the vending uh, business, uh, vending machine business. In schools that have healthier options? Basically? Right, okay. and I wanted healthy options. I wanted vegan and, and, and vegetarian options. I wanted coconut milk or coconut water. Dope. And uh, yeah, that's mainly right. what I wanted, coconut water. And but it was an important thing. It wasn't just for them getting free lunch or free, um, or free breakfast. It was for them having food year round. Cause some of the kids in school, those were the only two meals they were having. Right. For sure. Right? White and black. Mm-hmm. Predominantly white, mm-hmm. right? Cause black folks are gonna, you know, come in here boy and eat yeah. and that kind of thing. So it, predominantly there was, there was these white kids who were being fed Doritos and, and Gatorade, you know, and, <laughs> Why not do meth? You're already feeding it. Meth. <laughs> that was racist, targeted, but it landed. Oh. <laughs> He's got the jokes. You Sometimes you just have to go with the land of the joke. Yo, the comedic timing is insane. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> uh, but that, that was it. So, and and when I got there, it's me, Allison, Felix. Uh, um, uh, Summer, um, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, Winter, Winter, Winter Grace um, was also with us, and uh, they would they had these people from the Dairy Association. Wow. They had their wives show up, and we're mothers of 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 the farms, and and what you're saying to us. I said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. And they were like, John, John, John. And I was like, I'm in Congress. So what I was going to say is, 
you don't mind a machine pulling on your tits, right? Like you yeah. think it's okay that you put a machine to some tits to pull the milk that's supposed to go to a calf should go to you and you crying about your kid, put your tit in your kid's mouth. What I wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> I am black. I know what not to say in certain places. But I is what I wanted to say. But that's that that's the thing that makes you think and to just pay attention. They were yeah. acting like they were we were stealing their livelihood, right? Mm. We are. We're stopping you from murdering and abet being a murder and abetting forty six million murders of land animals. Yeah. So your kid doesn't get milk. Good. It also doesn't do the body good. It does not, man. No, no. You know, it was forced on us. And why are you man. still drinking milk as adults anyway? I know, man. Like, and wonder why the kids got. Well, you got to beef your kid up. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's yeah. crazy though. That's normal. Like, why wouldn't you just feed a woman's breast milk to a cow? You never do that. No. I like well, lucky ass just... cow. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, but like, how we think it's normal. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. It's called bestiality if you do that. Mm. But when we do it, it's called food. No, it's bestiality. You're drinking the milk from another animal. Yeah. That is designed. It's called bovine fluid. It's designed to make a calf 250 pounds. It's designed to do that. So if you give it to a child, it's designed to do that. And if you give cow milk directly to a child, it'll get sick. Yeah. I love your vegan approach too. It's not preachy. It's just educational and like yeah. leading by example. Yeah, don't blame me because I'm sexy. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Were you ever Peter's uh, sexy, sexy vegan ever? I should have been. I was the 2020 Humanitarian Award. I was before. Yeah? I don't know what years. I don't know what years. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my claim to fame. Yeah. Would you open another restaurant out here, you think? I want to open, and this is like the deal. I'd be selfish. I, I was going to open, uh, um, I see, uh, I see Bo. Ooh, that's our shit. Same yeah. Today. Yeah. And I, and I, I met a lady. I'm st I just met her, but it was during while Mercury was in retrograde and, uh, I wasn't talking to nobody. Uh, the, the psychos got me, man. But, um, I met her at a gifting suite, uh, for the Emmys and, um, I'm, Definitely thinking about it. But my daughter just said to me yesterday, like, let's stay out of the food business. But I, it's so difficult. But it's not, but it is. Mm. But in order for it to be good, I have to give up my life. Yeah. Meaning it's I have to be there. You have to be show face. Even if you go on vacation, you're still there. Yeah, and there's got to be something that does right. Well, mine is better because um, I said so. No. We go to this place, Green Table, down the street. There's no Terrible. Sure no, I'm joking. Stop <laughs> saying no, brands like, if they're not paying you. Go ahead. No, we love them, though. Like, it's you go to a prices. place down the place that they has... the best acai bowls in L.A., man. Until no they pay added. you, they Toby. They pay me. They hook, they hook me up. You're messing me with all of our money. They hook me up. It's a it's really like, nice it's, place. You love, just you like love a it. prostitute without a pimp. It's super... <laughs> Useless. <laughs> he was like, "Don't name brands unless they're paying you." I love it. Yeah, but it's a it's a great place to support. It's independent. It's one of a kind. That's what we're like. Uh, yeah, it's from Italian. He's in Italy. Yeah. Wow. He knows his coffee. He knows his Yeah, let me tell you that about coffee. Are you a coffee head? You like coffee? Yeah. So I went to the coffee competition in in Fran in uh in China. At, uh, what? Yeah, what the with a the coffee competition. The num all the top the top fifty barret, uh how do you call it? Barrettes? baristas baristas. Yeah. So have you ever tasted food or coffee made by a barista? Yeah, I used to. 
I hope so. Is that Starbucks? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you sit around and tell me you liked it. I mean, I went. I didn't. I mean, I was at a place where they were telling me like this is exactly what makes a good coffee. Like, and then you tasted it, it and you good. were like, "Where's the diabetes? I mean, sugar. <laughs> Where's oh, the diabetes God. and the milk?" So what? I went there with a group, uh, with a machine called Nut Milk, um, where you. <laughs> You put the you put whatever nuts you want to put in, almond, uh, soybeans, these uh, these nuts, whatever ones you want to put in, right? Whichever one you want to put in, and you put water, and it makes it. Now this was amazing because we were in China; they don't drink milk, right? But if some people want to mix the when they the cappuccino makers who can make all the designs, some people wanted nut milk, and if Asian people are going to drink any kind of milk. It's going to be a nut milk. So I was there with them, but then I got to give the awards to the top uh, top guys. I know how to make it. I look, you know, in China, I went to a 20, in Shanghai, 20,000 square foot Starbucks that's also a roaster downstairs. And they have machines that are only there making the coffee. It was amazing. At so, a Starbucks. Yeah, but China. In China, wow, dude. there's five thousand Starbucks in China, or something like that. And the 000. coffee's way better than here, probably. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, this is what I have to say: if you have a place that has to serve coffee and it's on every corner, you can't have the best, the best beans. It's true. You have to have what's yeah. abundant. So, if you want the best coffee, you would go to Africa. And there you, you go. You because that's long story short, you're giving out you. Yeah, you were giving out the, you were giving out the best nut awards in China. Long story short, I've been giving that. I mean, I said I got four daughters. I've been giving that 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 award away for a while. Do you, so, are you a coffee every day guy? Every morning? No, no, I drink uh, yerba mate. Yes, and I drink by what brand? Um, <laughs> well, right now I'm drinking it by Maze. Yeah, Amazon, Amaz, Amaz, Amaz. We're gonna lace this dude up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said the first, he said his only brain is not getting paid for in this episode. That means yeah, he likes it. That I said it, and then yeah. I mentioned Liquid Death because I like the white, the white can. Yeah. What's the black can? It's a uh, sparkling. Sparkling, right? yeah. Yeah, everything black sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your daily rituals? You work out? Uh, waking up. Okay, that's a good one. And I wake up. And I drink, um, so I have water by the side of my bed, which is spring water with a pinch of uh, baking soda. And so I wake up and I drink that liter to start my day off. And the reason you do that, you should never drink water without baking soda or sea salt inside of it. Because if not, it goes straight to your bladder. Um, I want it to go to my kidneys. So when something, water becomes whatever it touches. So when I alkaline the water with, um, sodium and sea salt I now get 88 minerals that I wouldn't have gotten because you're not going to remember it's in sea salt and so I do that wow. I put that in my body I know what I'm doing to, to my organs um, I then grind up some sativa and take a bowl hit because I have to start the day in another reality <laughs> baking soda and water that's crazy. I never heard that yeah half a teaspoon of baking soda and a liter of water you put it in everything. Let me tell you, baking soda one cleans everything. Right. Um, 
sometimes I do oil letting, I mean, I put coconut oil in and I, I just keep rinsing it around my mouth. I do that just to keep my teeth white. Um, <laughs> I know you were thinking about the Paul Mooney joke. How you, you see <laughs> I left it alone. Um, and I haven't eaten today, I don't think. Oh, intermediate fasting? Did I, did I eat? I think I did. I had... Um, I made these these pancakes. This lady makes mm. this vegan pancake mix and from the from the um farmers market in Calabasas. Now, it's a small mason jar, it was twenty dollars, sixteen dollars. Sure. And my daughter and I was like, yo, you're tripping. And she says, All you have to do is open it and put it on the grill. Unbelievable. Wow. It was unbelievable. And I, I'm so mad. We went through it today and and my wife said, Well, it's not until Saturday. And I was. That's incredible. But then I told you the food business. I'm thinking. She said, "You know, once you buy it, you got four days." So, like, I that's a problem. That is a problem. Yeah, I'm I'm lazy. Do you ever just you ever ever like take some shots and play basketball ever anymore? No, no. I was uh, not the name drop. I was at Cedric the Entertainer's house. It was 2009 or 10. It was 2011, maybe 12. And, you know, Dwayne Martin is there who was in the movie uh, Above the Rim, mm. actor. You know, he's on Real Housewives of of Hollywood. And Cedric's like, yeah, yeah, we got some young cats, man. We're going to play against these young. Come on, Sal. <laughs> and I said, all right. And I had sneakers in my car. And I, they were like, oh, you going to play? I was like, yeah, you know, I don't play anymore, but I'm going to give it a try. Man, this young dude caught the ball, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm in position. And he, he did some shake, and he went by me on this side, on my left side, for people that are not watching. And I've been playing since I was six. So as soon as you start going away, I know to drop step my foot. And he went by me so fast that I had to look over my right shoulder to see him. And I looked back down, and my legs hadn't moved. And I was like, oh, I'm done. Wow. And my wife was like, what? And I said, my legs didn't move. And she goes, what do you mean? I go, the, the reaction is gone. That the that piece is, is gone. Wow. And so I'm like, yeah, it's it's not there. Like, I'm amazed at Tom Brady. Yeah. Mm. It's amazing. Amazing. How old is that guy? 44. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This is why. At 44, I was... I was 44, that was 14 years ago. I was, you, I was overweight. I couldn't shoot. I'm, I'm just thinking what he's mm. doing at 44 at that level. Yeah. You yeah. don't, you don't have the same reaction. And yeah. when you get hit and you see the floor, you're like, oh wait, 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 put me down lightly. You know, it's not like you get hit and you jump up like a kid. It's a different thought. So I, I just, that was it. And then it's not fun to me. Yeah. Because they paid me to do it. Right. And then they go, well, you should teach it. And that's not fun to me because, you know, they think more about, and it's funny because it was me too, my haircut, what chains I got on, if my fit is right. You know, I was doing all that dumb thing, but I could play. Yeah. But I see it. And then I see people who already think they're at the point. You know, yeah. you know, Tobe and D, I, I'd say this to people who take it for I don't take it for granted that I was a four-time NBA champion. I don't. 
And the reason I don't, times. yeah, because in America, right, there's 434 NBA players. There's 379 American, million Americans. So that means one of every million Americans is an NBA basketball player, or a little bit less, right? More. And every year, there's only 50 jobs. And every year, they draft 25 new guys. So there's only 25 jobs. It's crazy. Period. In the NBA. And half of them are going to Europeans. And, and they had to start a new lead in Africa not to have these guys jump 11 feet and throw the ball down. They, they had to start a whole league to keep people out of getting into it because the 25 jobs would be gone. Wow. Yeah, they got, they got BLA, basketball, um, basketball lead Africa, and they got uh, the... Um, African NBA. So they have two leagues. And then they got the European. I played in Greece for six weeks. And wow. ballers. And that, this was the, the trip when everybody's talking about, man, the dream team lost, the redeemed team. Man, you're playing against yeah. Dirk Nowinski, who was the two-time NBA MVP, Luka, Dravix. I mean, you, you got you got guys coming over here who've been watching the same stuff we was watching with better facilities. And they're allowed to go pro at 15. Tony Parker played for his father in France at 15 years old. He didn't go to high school. Wow. He went to work. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow. So when I saw what they were doing with the mellow boy, um, with the bar, what, what are they called? Ball. Ball? I understood it, and everybody was talking stuff. When I saw what they did with Serena and Venus, everybody was like, oh, I said, hey, this is the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, was Agassi, not Agassi, yeah, Agassi. Yeah. Um, John uh, Bjork, Bjorn Borg, 15, 16, playing high school. So I playing at 16 years old in Wimbledon. I don't want to like, go to work. Yeah, College is always going to be there. I'm going to go back to your college thing. The reason I said that about school is you can always go to college. You can't always be young. It's true, man. It's really true. So if I could make a bunch of money young, even if I only played a year or two years, right, and and all of a sudden, God forbid, that person blew his knee out and didn't have the ability, well, hopefully, right, hopefully, they saved some money. If they didn't, it's the same as going to college and not making the pros. You got to get a job. So you might as well take this professional job where they pay you to play as long as you can. Yeah. Then go to college. That's what happened to J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith went back to college, playing on his high college team, playing golf. Shaq went back and got his master's. Oh, he did? Wow. Yeah. His, his, uh, and then his doctor, his Dr. Shaquille O'Neal. So. You can always go to school. You can't always be young. Yeah. So all those people stop telling kids you got to get your education. You got something to fall back on. Don't ever tell kids to fall backwards. It's the dumbest way to fall. I teach my daughters how to fight. I said, don't lean back. Lean in. And they go, what do you mean? I said, somebody go throw a punch and you see the punch coming. Lean down and into them. Watch what happens. They're going to miss you and they're going to be like, I'm without a weapon. I teach it all the time. Yeah. Do your daughters play basketball? 
they did, and then I watched my daughter play one time, and then uh, I looked at her and said, you know you don't have to do this. Because <laughs> you're really not doing it, but you you can stop us driving out the Rancho Cucamonga. Like, goodness gracious, if you don't want to do this, tell me. She goes, I don't want to do this. I said, then quit. Mommy said, I got to go. I got to get it because I'm going to get a scholarship and you're not going to pay for college. I was like... <laughs> I tell you, my wife ain't always been there, but she been there. Mm. She was like, yo. And then I said, uh, well, I paid for one year. And then, then she came out and said, uh, how much you got left to pay? I said, oh, shit, man, just just tuition and room and board mm. was $350,000. Wow, man. Right? And if That's you don't get a job paying $350,000, right? Wow. It's a it's ridiculous when we had this conversation. I said, you should, because she's a European flyer. I said, she goes, I should go to school in England. I said, yes, you should. Yes. It's $40,000 for four years. Exactly. Wow. I don't understand why it's so many, I mean, it's a, a yeah. 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 And you learn the accent. <laughs> you learn the accent. You learn to go to Goa, you know, uh, in India to hang out. Like, I, I, so she said, okay, so let's put it into my future. And her future was cannabis. So we spent you know, close to $250,000 in learning the business. So what I have out of it is eight TV shows and wow. to show you what to do, what not to do, where to go, how it is, and the making of the brand. That's amazing, Man. right? Do you, do you remember your last job where you weren't the boss? Uh-huh. Your last job? Yeah, I was at Fox. And I got, this is so crazy. I got fired from the radio. I took over Steve Harvey, so they were bringing uh, somebody in, but I got paid for the whole year. And then I got fired from Fox. They literally had me show up and had to have security. And I've been there for nine years. And they, because it's, it's protocol. Like, you got to, security got to walk you out. I was like, is he going to help me carry some of this? Yeah. <laughs> Don't look in the box, bro. <laughs> some of them clothes made it to the house. <laughs> Yeah, it was fine. I got fired from Fox, and then yeah, oh, they we were only making sixty one million dollars a year on Best Damn Sports Show. That's no money for them. But wow, you know, dude, this is the deal. A lot of people feel you shouldn't have a show more than four years anyway in Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? So they they feel four years is a good run. We did nine. It was cool. It was the best job. I kept telling him every day. I said, yo, man, this is the best job you guys are ever going to have. My boy John Ant said, are you clowning us or are you serious? I said, dude, I get here at 1. This, I said, Our meeting starts at 1. I get here at one ten because, you know, I had to keep it. <laughs> I'm going to keep it brief. <laughs> I'm going to keep it black, but I'm going to keep it brief. No. And I had to be there. I had to, you know, I had to be 10 minutes late. And then um, just for good measure. Uh, I didn't want to lose my card. Uh, no. So, and then we would talk about sports that I had nothing to do with, mm. and they would already have the questions, and we had a IFB, so I knew what I was asking. You understand? So, yeah. and then at 5.05, I was on the 4.05, headed back to the Valley, and they wanted to pay us, they paid me like $80,000 a month to do that. A month, wow. And that was not a lot of money. Because what these guys wow. are getting, Stephen A is making 15 million a year on not being correct. Wow, man. 
Can you imagine if he was correct? Fifteen yeah, eight, million a, a month year. is pretty. That's crazy. To man. talk about sports and not play it. Right. Yeah. You're making what the players are making. Yeah. To talk about it. Damn. That's a crazy thought. Yeah. Yeah. He was a journalist first in the Philadelphia uh, News or whatever they call it, and you know he'd be in the locker room and sitting around listening, have the pad right there. And then they hate asking questions out loud because the other guys are gonna steal the answers. So watching that, that was a fun. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy you got into the Wu Tang last night because I was stressing about it all day. These guys came vouch for him. Like I get Sally, get Sally, but he got into the show last night. He loved yeah, it. Man. Yeah, man. Oh, he got in. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. There. Um, it was the, a great show. The agent Peter Sullivan hooked hooked it up. This wonderful friend of mine named Coda. She's a great actress too uh, and model. And uh, they hooked it up. It was a great so show. I man. rolled in. Yeah, it, you know, it was. I love going places with my daughters. I, I went to Coachella 2016 with two of them. Nice. And then 2018, I went with all four of them, and let them all meet each other. And then, um, <laughs> <laughs> yo, she's probably gonna get this guy on stage with you, man. Oh my god, man. Hilarious. And true, but and then um, they're like hip hop too. They're like old school hip hop. You well. had no choice. They right. they know from me, but like my daughter just put me on this new dude named Omar Apollo. Never even heard of Hold him. On. My son probably knows who it is. Yeah. Yeah, so I need some glasses what, What's too. the name of this kid? With the lace about my glasses. His name is Omar like Apollo. Apollo. What's his name? Omar Apollo. Okay. Right. Wow. Check out that dude. I'm gonna check him out. And he has a song. Is he a rapper? No. Okay. Called Evergreen. Okay. It's good. Yeah. All right. It's 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 unbelievable. And then the story behind it is even better. I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys aren't paying me to tell you the story. Do you do you have, do you have any top five MCs? Is that hard for you? Mm, MC Johnny T. He was a rapper too back in the by the way. Yeah. My. <laughs> what do you mean best like some of like influences in hip hop that you loved growing up or Jay Z KRS One um, Black Thought Ooh. underrated Timmy Hall the honor because he put me on but uh, I love Kendrick and Cole yes Lil Weezy is the best though wow and the uh, I know people are going to think I'm crazy. No, he's, he's incredible, man. Yeah, you just check his catalog and then come back to me. Yeah, we saw Kendrick <laughs> perform two weeks ago. It was an incredible show, man, this tour right now. Did you see it? Yeah. It was I, like a I religious saw, experience, man. Yeah, he does that on purpose. Yeah, he became Israelite. And I uh, and, and and I saw him at last October at Day in Vegas, um, Tyler, the Creator's uh, joint. Uh, you know, Fred the Godson, he died, but... Fred the Godson was a unbelievable lyrics. Jada Kiss is out of out of work. I can't put them in the top five mm. um, because they all do different. Like Nas is different. Rakim, Rakim, his his style and his cadence. But then there's people like Coogee uh, Rap. Yeah, man. Right, Coogee Rap. And, Big Daddy Kane. Uh, uh, Fife Dog. Ooh. But you know, let's go back. Big Daddy Kane by far was one of my favorite of all time. Him against KRS bothered me because I didn't... 
But I, I love hip hop, so I was able to take it. We watched it. But I don't I don't like when my favorites uh I don't like when they mean toward each other. Yeah, that bumped that bumped me out. Unless you're in a battle. If you're in a battle then you gotta say what you gotta say, but you, you leave it at battle like like I heard this young lady saying, yo, she's in her fifties. She goes, When when there was a beef, you either went on stage or you went on wax. And if you went on wax, you better then do it on stage. But it not supposed to spill over. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those verses are hard to watch. I forgot which one it was. That was yeah. a little tense. Yeah. Fat uh, Joe Ja Rule one. Fat Joe Ja Rule was tough. Yeah, that was rough. To, yeah, yeah was rough that one. was against. But the dip set one was incredible with the locks. That was incredible. That's man. because they were prepared. Incredible, man. Yeah. Shady Kiss took the Shady Kiss ran the whole show, man. Because uh, he he's been he's never not performed. He's always been on, mm -hmm. right? And then uh, I did a show on VH1. Styles P was on that show. Uh, vegan he, as well, yeah, right? Vegan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Juice yeah. spot. Yeah, yeah. I I try to get to a lot of cats to that point. What the veganism? Yeah, I mention it, man. Sometimes the craziest times, but. I mean, KRS One had my my philosophy. We talked about being a vegetarian. Yeah, I wonder if he still is. I, I'm not even well, sure. I I don't think so. I I don't. I, I Definitely inspired know. me back then hearing yeah. that song. You no know what beef, I mean? That song. No, no hamburger beef. to me. That self murder. Yeah. That was incredible, dude. Yeah. Uh -huh. Who who else is speaking in the community like that? I know Big uh, Sean. Big Sean. Dead Prez. Dead Prez. Uh, Big Sean's vegan. Guess so. He yeah. Said, yeah, he said, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Sally knows all, man, like that. Yeah. Jermaine Dupree for sure, OG. Jermaine Dupree. Uh, oh, uh, Will I Am? Will I Am, yeah. Amazing human, by Is the it, way. Wait, Waka Flocka? He was. He but was, then, and he dropped off. Yeah, you know, also, what's the what's the guy who does the Pizza Hut commercials? Uh, the Craig com Robinson. Yeah, he was for a second. Yeah. And then, I see him at Crossroads a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That Pizza Hut money is big. Do you uh, do you have any regrets? Um, doing this show, no. Okay. <laughs> I this don't believe chill, in bro. regrets. I don't believe in regrets mm. or guilt, right? I, so I have a, even though I have this philosophy that everything, all sentinel beings deserve the time to live. Um, I know what I believe is that you're born and you die. Everything in between is on you. There's nothing after. Mm. And they go, well, it's the afterlife. It's who's gone and come back? Even when Jesus came back, he came back different. He didn't even talk to nobody. He didn't go to the same neighborhood, nothing. <laughs> he left his whole crew there. <laughs> he left his crew, he's like, yo, 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 spread my, spread the gospel. I'm going to hang out in India with this, with this girl with a dot in the middle of her head. <laughs> it's uh, Y'all didn't even help me down off the cross. I ain't down with the click no more. Um, and all you Christians that get upset. I don't no, care. It's an interesting story. It's 1,800 years old. Yeah. That's such a get out. Yeah. Such a get out. He was married and said, but you ain't going to remember me. <laughs> Many men. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Man, it's such a bad job. You know you can't talk about religion, though. I learned that in the movie Big Fish. Don't talk about religion or politics, right? That was it. But, man, you really – because we just talked about it. You can get canceled, Yeah. right? But I just – before I get in trouble, I just want to ask people to just think about it this way. <laughs> 
They didn't write about Jesus until 324 years after his death. We don't, you can't tell me what the number one movie was 10 years ago. You think some people are going to remember a story. <laughs> 320. <laughs> Nobody that knew him was on the planet. They had been dead year after year after year. 324 and plus people were only living to 41. Mm. Right? In America, like there was low life rates. We raised the life rates according to Penicillin, 1957. People went from living to 60 years old. You know why they gave you Social Security? Is because they knew you wasn't going to live to 65. Mm. Then our lifespan moved up to 72. None of those people were around when Jesus was on the planet. What's the life If it's a true story. <laughs> That's an interesting take. It's an interesting That's take, an interesting man. Take. You know, this is probably the most DIY sh- program you've ever been on your whole career. No, this is. In somebody's kitchen, just chilling. No this cameras. Is, this is chilling. dope. Oh, man. I, I saw you cook a crack before. You, don't, don't talk about it. Right. <laughs> I see no, the, the fault. Like, this, like, this is awesome, man. Yeah, this is. This is a, to think about it, everyone out there, this is a retro 1950s kitchen. And of course, he's gonna have three black eyes in the kitchen. Where else was he gonna have <laughs> us in the fifties? <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. Couldn't have us walking the front door. I know, right? I saw him walking the back door. <laughs> Thought I was robbing the place. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, "Yo, brook man, back there." It's that design. You've been trained well. <laughs> um, Your I, girl say you still go into the back door of the house. No. <laughs> my final question I pretty pretty much got the answer you're an optimist or pessimist um, I'm optimistic about my life but this is the deal I um, I don't only I'm not going to say only when I have a negative thought I check it because I realize it's just a thought mm. right the Bible says the thought of an impriority is just as bad as doing it I'm going to give you scripture too. Okay. But just that thought process that everything that happens is manifest by you. One of the coolest things is Jesse Reyes was talking about the book of now written by um, Eckhart Tolle. And in the book it said the past is doesn't exist and neither does the future. So whatever you want in the future, you have to do it now. Yeah. The power of now. Power yeah, of power now. now yeah. Right? If you don't do it now, then it's, None of it makes a difference until now. Yeah. So, I'm I'm optimistic. I don't trust people because I I've, I've seen people be people. Yeah. I saw human beings being human. Right. Human being human. So I I I'm positive about what I'm gonna do. Hopefully, I get to jump on you if you do something aggressive. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm always not always, but I try to stay on guard. I try not to be caught slipping. Mm-hmm. Like last night, I'm with my daughter, and she put on these. She was going to put on these. She's already six two. She went to put on these heels. And I said, Tick, we might have to run. What's wrong with you? It's a hip hop concert. <laughs> We're not going to see Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Like she was like, well, I was like, hey, hey, Negro, you got to be quick to go. Like, <laughs> and wear the backpack. Don't have a purse you got to carry. Strap that over. <laughs> Did she enjoy the show? Yeah, she she liked uh, she liked the atmosphere, and she loved hanging out with me. And I explained to her 
2018, we were in Sri Lanka. In 2017, we were in St. Martin. And she and I were smoking weed in St. Martin, looking out. And I said, look at this, because you'll never see it again. Like, this will no longer be here. And she was like, what are you talking? I said, well, you know, they got a hurricane coming, and these fools think it's going to hit them, miss them. I swear to God, I was on the last flight out of St. Martin before it was destroyed. Wow. Wow. And she was like, we never going to. And then we were in Sri Lanka before the Civil War. And I told her when we were there, I said, we were the wrong people, but this is a great experience. And sure enough, we can't get back into So she realizes flight, life is fleeting. Mm. You're like, enjoy the now. I love that, man. Yeah. Any more questions for this wonderful man? Yeah, man. I appreciate all you've done and all you put out there in the world, Definitely. all your positivity. And Definitely. For the animals, everything, you know, using yeah, your voice. And Just your make sure you give me all your sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you about your platform, too, though, for sure. Yeah, yeah. make sure you check out johnsallyblockparty.com. It, it'll be up and live, I guess, at the end of the month. Um, a vegan sneaker, so, too, maybe? I, I went to do it, man. There's a whole bunch of brands that have it, and they, as opposed to, this is what happens, and I'm going to tell all vegans why they don't brand things as vegan because that will then tell you that they're taking the side of not of not killing animals mm. right so louis vuitton can never tell you this is a vegan bag but they have vegan options now i heard yeah yeah they always did yeah okay. they, anytime you mm. see a louis vuitton bag with rubber or uh they have rubber and rubber uh and zippers yeah yeah those are the ones that can float in water and they don't even advertise it that way Wow. And then most shoes you get are not leather unless you're buying $1,100 shoes. The rest of them is synthetic. Yeah. So I can wear these Air Force Ones because I know they're synthetic leather. Mm. And plant, they can say plant-based sneakers, but that's kind of weird into the thing. Yeah. Vegan is a tricky to word to throw words. around, though. Yeah. People get really taken back with the word vegan. Yeah, I know. Like, I used to be called black. Now I'm African-American. <laughs> and now they're saying, hey, you're a BIPOC. Motherfucker, I don't know POC. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Pac. I, I met him once, but I don't know him. <laughs> What's that Biggie and Pac put together? By Pac. <laughs> oh, man. You got to use some stand-up, dude. I can't wait to see you do stand-up. I do. They don't pay well. I, I think you I know. It, it's $25 a set. I don't like that. It's still $25 so a set? Uh, yeah. It was over, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I had when I had an ego, I wanted to, I, I would be better at what you call it, but I've been working on diminishing the ego i know it may not sound like it this is just charm bitches um <laughs> <laughs> it's not ego but yeah it's, it's hard to get up on stage man and you know yeah i've seen this guy trying to kill you <laughs> <laughs> they do if you go to a comedy joint trust me if a comic gets off the next guy is trying to kill that comic mm. right yeah, they, they trying to, to better that comic yeah they want to bury you trying That's to make you, you not remember yeah. what just yeah. came off stage it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable competitor. It's true. It can be that way. Yeah. But I ain't yeah. scared of nobody. I know. You're doing great, your pal. Yeah. You're you are, man. You're doing <laughs> stuff. You scared Sally to in the back door. <laughs> hey, I got this liquid death. I was going to throw it on him. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much, man. Thank We've been you, talking brother. for months. This is awesome, man. I really appreciate you being here. Death. This is awesome, man. Bless up. All right, guys. Thanks, everybody. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg, it's still a childhood memory for me, and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. 
I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now and I can't stop. I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other. And that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swiped the credit card. Don't really tell me much. Didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm that looks like a big black blob is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo off in one sitting. You have to be patient. And it's painful. They ice you up. It's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly going to get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code. Use TobyH20 and get $100 off your first session. Call 866-934-4570 or go to removery.com. One of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 removal treatments done, 100 locations, U.S., Canada, and Australia. State-of-the-art peak-away laser technology, cryotechnology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do in these podcasts is talk about tattoos. From day one, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570. Use my code TobyH20 and get $100 off. These guys are located everywhere. Try it out. Yo, people always ask me what kind of frames I'm rocking. I've been rocking Caddis for a couple years. They make amazing progressive readers, which I wear. Also, they make sunglass readers, anti-glare, anti-smudge coating, anti-scratch, and anti-aging. That's why I look mad young when I wear them. I'm just kidding. Um, but they make amazing frames. Caddis, so stoked to have you guys part of the podcast. You can go to caddislife.com toby10 and get $10 off your first purchase. Stoked. Thank you, Caddis. Welcome to the fam.